All right, guys, welcome to the Protein Bros Podcast. Today, we have on a very special guest. His name is Jacob Hepner. Jacob is a CrossFit Games athlete. He is a guy who's gone to the CrossFit Games five times, and um, he's a really interesting guy. He's a guy from that's local from Kansas City. He's got a famous dog named Winston, and he's got a really interesting background because he's not just done CrossFit. He's also done boxing, um, and now he competes in the tactical games. He was actually the national champ of the tactical games last year. Um, it's a really interesting conversation. We really appreciate him being on, and uh, I think you guys are going to like this one. So check it out. Well, so I remember the first time we bought this property. Um, so we obviously blessed the blessings from above, but there's a median where you can turn around from and get on my property, right? Think about if you had to go past the property and turn around, oh, it would suck, right? Yeah, 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 correct. I did that, by the way. Yeah, well, you, you, if you come up fast, you don't think about it. It's sure. gone, and you got to turn. So the first like week we moved in, <clears throat> there was a sheriff out there because the sheriff's always in the front of our medium pulling people over. I walked out there, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to shoot a lot of guns in my property. I'm in the county. Uh, I just want to make – I hold the county line. It's the yeah. county line I, I hold, which I am never letting that go. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to make sure, like, if you get complaints, like – I'm in the county. I'm fine. He's like, yeah, you're totally fine. doesn't matter. So then I was like, anytime you want to come shoot, come shoot with me. Um, but then I had the city go to hold of us multiple times and be like, hey, we'd love to move the property line, the county line, like bring you into the city and hear the benefits. And I'm like, no, no. Sh- shove off. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is that the reason? What is the actual benefit other way around is what I want to know. Is it you have 50 acres on purpose? Because I think you have to have 50 acres to be able to shoot on it in Kansas. Is that correct? I mean, I had 10 acres before this, and I shot on it just fine. Really? I mean, I know a guy. Or maybe that's a city and county thing. Maybe yeah, if you're in the city. I think in the county, you're probably... I mean, obviously, if you're in the county and you... I think it probably comes down to, do you have a liable... Like, if a cop shows up, yeah. do you have a range that's safe? Yeah. Probably is probably one thing they're looking for, at least yeah. out here. I don't know. In other states, might be different. Yeah. He's for out here. I don't think they care. Yeah, the fact that you're putting in a lot of effort as far as safety goes. I yeah, think yeah. Cool. You come out here. I mean, and I... Every time I have... Because I've had... Like we talked about earlier, I've had sh- cops show up like three or four times, and they're always at the gate. I always let them in. I always bring them in the building, and then first show them I'm unloading all the weapons I have on me just so they feel safe. And then I say, hey, this is the range. Let's go look at it. Let's go talk about the directions I'm shooting, what I'm shooting, how I'm shooting, the fact that I probably shoot more than you. Yeah. And then. By uh, the way, I won the tactical games. I don't know if you've heard about it. They don't, they don't care about lot of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care about that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we have a discussion. And usually I invite them to shoot because, I mean, you make friends with, you make friends with the local, local police and they'll Absolutely. never show up ever yeah. again. Yeah. And if they do show up, it's because you want them there. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, you want to hang out? Yeah, like, dude. so, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the owner of, our, of one, one of the owners of our business, whenever we first started, he, was like always great friends with all the local police. He always knew them by name, so on and so forth. And I'll never forget our store, the first ever retail store, supplement superstore down in Springfield. It got robbed in the middle of the night. And uh, he he was somehow up listening to the scanners. This is our owner, all right, not a cop. And he beats the cops there. But when the cops got there, they were like, oh, it's Chris's place. And they like went out and found the dude. <laughs> Same night, everything got taken care of perfectly. Like, and it was all, he's like, purely because he's like, I've done ride-alongs. Like, I know these yeah. dudes. It's unbelievable. The relationships help no matter what. Yeah. You know I what think, I mean? I've yeah. also talked to uh, cops out at Andy's place a lot because we shoot a ton out there, too. We lit his, uh, his uh, 
his forest on fire by shooting Trace around. No, yeah, oh, yeah. Shoot tra- green not, tip. Yeah. yeah, not a good idea. We don't let those. We learned that pretty quick. Yeah, we don't allow those anywhere. Give me a mistake real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you happen to know any of our story at all? It's okay if you don't. No, no, go for it. So Kyle and I started working for Andy Frisilla and Chris Klein back in like 2008, 2009. I was, you know, right when they were starting First Form. And um, we just stuck with them. You know, we were part of like the original crew that dug their heels in and said like, all right, we're going to help make this happen. And then if you do it, you, you know, the carrot was, will we'll help you open your own market. And so we own the supplement superstores in Kansas City now. Oh, nice. But nice. you said you own one in Springfield though. No, no. So we, so we worked it. Andy and Chris. Andy and Chris one. opened Check. that one. Yeah. So, okay. So that was actually their first business. So mm. first form didn't happen until about 10 years later. Is supplement superstore a franchise? Uh, it is, but it we're is. like the only franchisees outside of one other little group. Who do, oh, who do so you deal do, with do the you, first do, form? Do you do offer other franchisees, owners, the opt the We're opt-in? working on it. Yeah, We're I was working say. on it. That's what, so him and I work on the on the corporate side, too. On the We have a small exec, exec board, board, and we sit on that, and that's just to help with the growth of, of supplement superstores from here because our model is honestly extremely operator-intense, Yeah, and so it makes it very difficult to replicate. It's not a good franchise is what I tell people. Yeah, because like, <laughs> my wife and I – are involved in a lot of franchises, but the only franchises we like are the ones that are passive. Yeah, of this course. One's not passive. <laughs> As does everyone. Andy, Andy's like, we're going to internally franchise, and now that we own it, we're like, oh, I understand why. It's because who the hell would want to invest in this? <laughs> hey, this is a great chance. Tell, yeah. Talk to us about your franchises, dude. What are the yeah, ones yeah, we should uh, know about? So my wife, well, the, uh, so two of them. What's your wife's name, by the way? I'm sorry. Kelly, sorry. Kelly. Yeah, no, Kelly. No, please. Yeah, so um, one of them is actually, I, I said it was passive, but her she owns a franchise. She owns a neighborhood magazine. So, like, she owns and operates a company called Into Publishing. She runs and owns operates neighborhood magazines and really affluent neighborhoods in Kansas City, like Hallbrook, Mission Farms, and all those places have uh-huh. magazines. So, that's all of, the company's all over the nation. Um, but essentially, the content... They white label each one for the neighborhood? The content is about the people in the neighborhood, for lack of better terms. If you have money, like reading about yourself, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then beautiful the, business model. A beautiful, I mean, it's always yeah, worked, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then what the kids' birthdays are happening this the month. The ads yeah. are, you know, anybody, right? Like car dealerships, lawn care. I mean, anything. Real estate, chiropractor. Anything that you would look at from the perspective of, hey, if someone has a little bit of money, what are they going to buy? Convenience, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what she does. And then um, we haven't actually like. We'll talk about the other franchise offline. Yeah, sure. yeah, cool, sure. sweet. Yeah, we have, it's, it's, it's starting. Done, in, done. Yeah, it's starting in March first, so we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that one. Yeah. Oh, sure, nice. Yeah. So it's ramping up right now. Yeah. So Kelly's busy doing that one, and we're gonna launch it in March. It'll be in Oakland Park, Kansas. Okay. Uh, it's not a brick and mortar, so it's it is not, not a supplement superstore. It's not brick and mortar. Supplement superstore. Well, thank you. I want to make sure you're not It's actually supplement supersource. Which, by the way, my bad. That was that was a place. No, no, I'm laughing like that was a real place. That was a place. Someone did it yeah so one time we had a, this we real had a story that ripped us off and like no one knows this story so it's what's the name of your company about. we're something super, super stores, stores right so wait super stores 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 yeah yes. generic as shit just like this oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah, super generic okay what did i say so i said source and then you're like oh source sorry super source which there somebody used to be a supplement. So somebody did source. this like in 2012. Oh, uh, so we were starting to grow. Think people were starting to hear of us. And there was like, there was this chatter that that supplement super stores was coming from Springfield and St. Louis. We were growing pretty quick and we were coming to Kansas city. Mm. And so somebody was like, you know what we should do? <laughs> and they opened up a place called supplement source. Right. And it was like a, a young guy and an older guy and they were together and they had a like classic business partnerships and fitness break up within a year. And uh, this guy decides to go open, I guess, didn't sign a non-compete and opened up supplement super source. 
in the same in the same in the same market. Like talk about just what are you doing? And so, anyways, there, we we went to a uh, so first forms trying to get on the map. There, you know, no one knows about him yet. It's like 2011, 2012. I'm working a show, uh, a bodybuilding show down down in Kansas City, and I show up as first form with like a first form polo, and there's supplement source with a table and supplement super source with a table, and they're like competing against each other. Shim throw down. Like yeah, dude. And I was like, just imagine if we just took, if I like, you know, the, the Spider-Man <laughs> meme and everybody's pointing at each other. I'm like, what if I take off this polo and I'm wearing a Superstore's polo? Now what are you guys going to do? You know what I mean? Like, so how was, many businesses do you have in Kansas City? How many, how many franchises? Uh, we just opened our eighth location. In Kansas City? Uh-huh. You have eight? Uh-huh. Is that, what's saturation point? I don't know what that means. Ten more. Ten more? Oh, how many more? Sorry. Ten total. I know what you're saying. Oh, ten total. Ten total. No, no, sorry. Ten more. <laughs> no, what is that? No, I think, no, I think you can hold ten for now, yeah. What's the closest one from here at? Uh, we're here, we're uh, in Baser, just so everyone watching. Shawnee, Kansas, probably. Oh, Shawnee. Yeah. Yeah, Shawnee yeah, okay. or Olathe. Okay. Yeah. You know? Is that right? 119th and Black Bob? Uh, that no, area no. Is. Oh, Shawnee's closer. Yeah. Shawnee's closest. Shawnee's closest. We think Lenexa could be a spot, for sure. What's your favorite coffee shop in Kansas City? That's a good question. The one you're opening up. Ain't Dude. No Park. No, it's not. No, no. <laughs> if, it I had, if I had the money, you know, the, one of my favorite co- uh, Yeah, that's funny you said that. Yeah, I'm not opening a coffee shop. <laughs> like, no, good, yeah. good guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember I said it wasn't brick and mortar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Poor is where my girlfriend works. That's where I tell people to go. Where's, where's that at? Poor is in Olathe. Um, it's way out there by like a high school. I couldn't even tell you like the cross streets, but it's mm. in South Olathe. Third or something. In, yeah. In, but it it, it prints money. It's a really good one. It's they don't even have a drive through. Co- coffee shops are great. You ever you ever been to? Uh, I go there every Thursday. If they had, I would totally invest in a company. McLean's. Oh, McLean's Bakery. Dude, McLean's is the bomb. Incredible, yeah. dude. <laughs> everything everything they make is good, and, yeah. their, and their help is really great. I oh was yeah, like, the people the there are awesome. Right. So I go to the one every Thursday. I go to the one in Shawnee. And, and that's uh, on like, and that's right around the corner from our store, by the way. Yeah, I was right gonna say the corner. that's why I was saying I was, I was probably around you guys, yeah. right? Because it's like Shawnee's not that big, but it's like Neiman Road or whatever. Yeah, it's Neiman. kind of off the beaten path yeah. of their main area. And um, I I actually met the owner of it. He sits at, so I go to the same spot and I like the same table. And uh-huh. this older guy kept sitting at my table for like a couple weeks in a row, and I would I would wait him out. And then I kept noticing that all the managers were coming and talking to him. And I'm like, unless this guy's like super sociable, he probably owns the place. So finally, I'm like, hey man. You own this place? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'll let you have the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You own the table. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'll go sit somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, sit over here. Was he cool? Was he yeah, nice? he was cool. He was dope. Yeah. He's like, yeah, my family owns it. I'm like, must be nice. Is he expanding more? Because their first one was like Oakland Park. Yeah. They're trying to keep Shawnee, going. Shawnee, Lawrence, Olathe. You know who I just saw as uh, franchising is Black Rifle Coffee Company. Yes. I talked to someone. Uh, I was at a wedding in somewhere up north of the wall. And... Um, Someone had mentioned that, but you have to be a veteran to own it. Oh, that makes sense. But super which is cool. a, which is cool. super awesome. Yeah. Um, because uh, I was sitting next to a guy who was who was a veteran, and he, I was like, just I like business conversations, yeah. and I was like, hey man, what's your plan in life? Because he he like owns a CrossFit gym, and but like a better terms, not not a lot of uh, not, not, future. Not, right, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah, right. It, that's something you build up and you sell. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> as most companies are, right? Bu- buying a job. At that yeah, scenario. yeah. And so. He was like, dude, Black Rifle Coffee Company is doing franchises. And I was like, that is so dope. Kansas City would love that. Yeah. Because we have a 511, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if anyone goes to it. It's, but. A, it's at Overland Park. Um, it's uh, yeah. basically, you know, Metcalf and, and you guys 119th. Have, you just to clarify, you have everything done in Overland Park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, you have to be a, a veteran. Um, but I think most of the time it's like 
I'm a veteran. You have money. You're an investor. We partner yeah, up. Partner, we do it together. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Correct. But I was that, I mean, I be the business person. It'd be, be super dope if. Have you seen him? I, I have like not Andy seen Stump, him yet. Who's like, um, yeah, one of their, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, he just opened one, and it's sick. But I heard like they, because most franchises, like most of the time, give a maybe you guys don't, but give like a floor plan, like this is what it should look like. McDonald's always looks the same. Yeah, when you walk yeah, into McDonald's, absolutely. and uh, I heard, and you guys can obviously tell me if I'm an idiot. I heard that this, some you have options to put shooting range in them. Oh, that would be sick. That's what I've heard. They have yeah. options where, I mean, obviously that the price tag for that black rifle yeah, company yeah. is probably <laughs> pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your insurance well, costs cool. just went we're, up a little bit. So we're building out franchises, right? And so it's like you can give, you know, models like in tiers, right? Mm-hmm. It could be tier one, tier two, tier three, tier three. And you can make the, obviously like that story alone, I feel like it's very sticky, right? From a business standpoint, makes us all excited about, makes us want to talk about it. You can make like a, you know, a tier five that no one's ever going to buy, but on purpose you make it just but, because it's but an option. it's their HQ. It'd be like, right. this is the... You know, like, if you go down to, like, isn't it in Oklahoma or Kansas where it's, like, the biggest McDonald's in the world or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, over the freeway? Like, there's yeah, always going to be one. over the top. Yeah. 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 There's always yeah. going to be one, it's right? bridge walkway. Yeah. yeah. Stupid, Ridiculous. disgusting food. But anyways, yeah. I saw that. That would be, that'd be dope. It would be sweet. Yeah. So, heads up. If someone's going to open a Black Rifle Comfort Company in Kansas City, get a hold of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. I got at least $100. <laughs> yeah. I'll invest a hundred. I'll be <laughs> a very minority owner. <laughs> I'll do whatever you need for yeah. that percent. Yeah. What uh, what franchise has like been super popular? Let's say for like the last ten years or something that like you wish you'd have gotten in on sooner mm. if you weren't so distracted with fitness at the time. And now that you're more, I would say, business focused. Right. I mean, like, it's always um, it's a good question. It's always a good. Uh, you don't have a brand unless you are good at something, right? Unless you're an influencer, which is super stupid. Um, and you're good at nothing, but you have to spend time to build a brand, to be good at something. It takes hours and hours and hours, but those hours and hours, hours pull you away from something else that you could have been good at. So it's always the question of like, like, which lever did I pull? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's always like, cause when you're competing in CrossFit, when I went to the games, you're you're spending five, six hours a day doing this. It's a full-time job. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're asking yourself, man, if I could five, six hours a day, what could I have done? You know, you never can think like, where can I apply it? Yeah. I know it's a good question. What kind of franchises? I guess businesses that have impressed you over the last decade, you know what I mean? (sighs) I'm like, well, of course, if I would, could have been like one of the first Chipotle's. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's okay. You know, I don't, I don't want to be in food. Right. That's just, that yet to me is like, nah, man. Nah, nah. nah, margins too low. That's it. And it's also like you also the waste I, is too high. You know. And then yeah, and then you're also like it's a consumable, so it's not like I mean everything's a consumable to a degree, but like I would want to have a company, and maybe you can tell me what franchise I'm thinking, but I would want to have a franchise where it's like the help I have isn't like I'm not hiring at minimum wage. So that's the hard thing is like you want to have help that like loves to be there. Sometimes for minimum wage clients or, or lower end uh, employees, it's hard to keep. So mm-hmm. I would be like, hey, let's choose something like a good franchise where people are like, this is dope. I don't want to leave here. I want to yeah, work yeah. here. Well, you got to give them vision too if you yeah. want to keep people around. Like there has to be the opportunity for them to basically Growth. turn whatever they're yeah. doing into. So, I mean, it just takes some really de- – It just say, I feel like it sounds like it would just take much deeper pockets. Right. To be able to do something like that. I'm like, my, my thought comes to, this is something you might uh, remember. Um, what was the name of that gym that tried to, that tried to franchise CrossFit? Oh, uh, at 45 Iron or Tribe. Tribe. No, no, no. Iron Tribe. Yeah. Iron Tribe. Well, there it to is. clarify, Iron that Tribe. was a super freaking local Kansas City only company. Sure. But they were, they were, I thought. Was the Iron Tribe only Kansas City? No, no, no. They had one in Alabama. They had, or like a multiple <laughs> hey, in Alabama. 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 Greenbow. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, that's, I love the top. I, we don't we don't get Forrest Gump references office. That's great, uh, but when you get into like uh, Iron Tribe, their big thing was we pay our coaches' salary right off the bat. 
uh, because we want people to be professional. We want the best type of coaching. You know, we're going to make sure that you get, you know, small classes, you know, tons of great coaching, whatever. And I'm like, I know, obviously, like, I'm, I'm from Springfield, Missouri, CrossFit Springfield with Jeremy Meyer down yeah. there. The they, man. They kill it, And then it, Jared, right? you hang on with Jared Stevens? Yeah. Dude, the <laughs> man. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, dude, you remember his first ever, you remember his first competition? Just, like, if you want to encapsulate just Jared Stevens as a person, his first ever competition, like, once he saw the HOA was doing so good and all these yeah. other competitions were growing, he's like, all right. I'm going to do a contest, and it was called Ozark Mountain Shred Fest. <laughs> I went to it. Amazing. I don't know what the Shred Fest. It was like 2011 or 12. Yeah, yeah, it, was yeah. Like, it was a long time ago. Yeah, you must have been like Dude, one of the 20, first, one of the first CrossFit events I went to was like 2011, and I remember like the whole thing with CrossFit back then was CrossFitters aren't strong. And I remember I went to this uh, competition. I was competing in powerlifting at the time, and Jared Stevens was there, and he cleaned like 420 or something like that. And I was like, I thought these guys weren't supposed to be strong. What the hell was that, dude? Oh, my God, dude. He's yeah. always been a freak. I was just like, what the? He's been doing the tactical games with me. Oh, oh that's really? Yeah, that's so cool. um, yeah. obviously I know Jared because I've competed with him for – Gosh, years. The first regionals I ever went to. In Chicago? In Chicago, in Navy yeah. Pier. I was next to him, and I remember being like, dude's a freak, man. And he's scary. Right? Abs and, on his face. So like we, he was yeah. the original Viking before Vikings were like cool again. So he also uh, played ball at Evangel, mm-hmm. um, and then I played ball at Central Methodist. We were in the same, on the hack. So mm-hmm. we played each other. He was older than me. Um, I think I might have played his brother. Um, but... Uh, Anyways, I remember thinking, dude, like, I compete different than him. I have a good time. I'm laughing. I'm jovial. Jared is, like, the opposite of that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I'm in the zone. Zoned in, yeah. Oh, Don't like, I'm going to murder you kind of look. And uh, it wasn't until I got to hang out with him after competition, like, just in a low-stress environment, that I was like, dude, this dude's pretty cool. Yeah. And so um, when I first found the tactical games, I actually, he was the, pretty sure he was the only guy I actually called and said, you would love this. I know you're busy, but if you ever have time, just come up and shoot with me. I'll put you through like what it might look like. And so he came up with Dancer, Sam, mm-hmm. and they parked their van in the barn because it was cold and stayed in the barn for the night. And I think they actually like jumped in my hot tub that night too. But they came out and shot guns and loved it. And then Jared has been to a few of them with me. Very That's cool, awesome. man. Yeah, small world, dude. That that time of my life, I'm like over here just trying to like grow my little store <laughs> and, and like prove to Andy that I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And I walk into Jared's gym and obviously all he's caring about at the time is just competing. competing. And, and uh, the, you know, he's got his heart broken like a handful of times with those regionals, <laughs> yep. right? One place out from going to the games, like I think like three. Because it was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, we'll give you a first time for that now. Yeah. yeah? No, I Don't think, leave me right yeah. here. <laughs> it was either me or I took it from him or took it from Philip Neep. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But I mean, but he went team. And yeah, dude, he, he's he a freaking for years. Yeah, yeah he's doing been it that a. Way. He's a great team leader. And when he had, but I'll <laughs> never forget, like being in his. He's sitting in his office. He's watching, and like it was during the open of like let's say 2012, 2013, something like that. And he's like, Rich Froning just snatched four hundred pounds. No. no, something ridiculous. Some number. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, it was like, no, he didn't. But like, no, it was some random number. But it was yeah. something that was four hundred pounds. It was probably three hundred. Something overhead. Something overhead was four hundred pounds. And I just remember being like. Oh, he did overhead squat four hundred pounds. That's yeah. what it was. His overhead squat, and yeah. it was, and he was literally like, "That guy's on steroids. That guy's on steroids for sure. He's just he's on steroids. I don't want to say it. He has to be. Has to be." <laughs> and he was like, "Dead, like just like I was watching him go through the conversation that he had to have with himself after that." And he's like, "Here I am trying to do what he's doing, yeah. and I'm just like, and it was just crazy to yeah, watch." Yeah, but him. you're getting <laughs> up in like uh, the the top, 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 top percent of CrossFit athletes. It's so crazy how much different uh, that level is than, like, what most people are used to. Well, yeah, that guy, at that moment, Jared's like, I've only seen what's possible 
and I just saw something I didn't think was. Yeah, I think it was actually multiple people that I don't think I don't think Richie run that workout. I think Frazier did. Which at is four, at four oh five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was in the back and I hit three oh five. Like a, like a baller. <laughs> yeah. Tell me your like, dude. Tell us your journey for those that that uh, are listeners that don't know you well. Just uh, you've been in fitness. You've been a name in fitness for over a decade now. When did that be? When did that really begin for you? I said, you know, Central Methodist, and then into CrossFit immediately, or while you're still <laughs> playing. Yes. What, what position did you play at Central Methodist first? Yes. Left out. Left out. Then <laughs> yeah. like, I like it. Running back. I'm like, you had to have been a running back. <laughs> Strong safety outside linebacker. Um, oh, even more <clears throat> I played. Um, <clears throat> I played nose guard in high school. I was I was all Same. Di- all division all conference. I was good at it because I was just me. All conference too, yeah. dude. It matters. And then I wait, went, wait, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Was this in California? It matters, no, it was, so I split two oh, years in Cali, okay. two years in uh, at, at Mountain Grove. Mountain Grove, and okay. we uh, went to semifinal, not semifinals. While well, I'm a CrossFitter now, uh, went to what's the competition from before you would go to like regionals, ch- region championships. Well, we call it substate in Kansas. No, yes. in Missouri, yeah. it's called. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we, my, yeah, yeah, we, we always we were always won away. Close. We yeah. were one away every time. Districts. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it. What we call. And uh, so then I went to college, and you know, all my films in nose guard show up. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I didn't play nose guard. <laughs> and, and you're like, like, wait, 180 pounds? Like, we we got to know about this high school weight. No, fam, like 160. Okay. And uh, <laughs> showed up, and they're like, hey, we're gonna put you at defensive back, and I'm like. I don't know how to backpedal. And they're like, you can figure it out. <laughs> and I, they were like, do you know what zones are? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> are, so you, it was are, a, you, are you there for the free education? What's going on? Um, yeah, I, uh, I had a, I was, I'm very academically gifted. And so I was, I, I pretty much academically pay for all of it. Um, but I had a, I had a, a small bit from athletics. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyways, played ball there for four years. Um, I definitely helped team GPA. I was I graduated the degree in mathematics, <laughs> and uh, was actually the top of my class in um, college. And uh, tutored all the kids in math, made sure they didn't drop out. And then I was like, during my senior year, um, <clears throat> I had an internship at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, as a DoD civilian for the Army. I was working for Tradoc, um, doing math geek stuff for the Army. And uh, someone was like, "Hey, you should come to this thing called CrossFit." And I was like. So sounds like a stupid name, right? And they're like, I was like, oh, he's a good guy. He was a green suitor. He's an active duty guy, Major Craig. And I was like, okay, well, I'll show up. I didn't ask what time it was. Stupid. And I was like, what time? He goes, 5 a.m. I'm like, oh, So I, I show up at 5 a.m., no clue what's going on. And it's not like we've all been to a, a fitness led class, whether it's CrossFit or not, or it doesn't really matter. Most of the time, if someone leading the class, explains you what to do and if you walk in you're new they're like oh let me help you yeah. out let me onboard you not a bit. not in this concept yeah, so no, this is on these. post um military installations now don't have crossfit affiliates anymore they used to and so this is on a gym called iron major crossfit and uh it was just community led all men and they were just like shoved you in it was like rowing and toes the bar they yelled at me the whole time to go faster i have no idea what's going on i got done couldn't touch my toes to bar. I was never about touched to say, a roller in my life. Toes to, toes to bar. Yeah, like, couldn't do any of it. They're just yelling at me. I get done. Guy walks up to me and goes, hey, man. He goes, yeah. I think you'd be good at this. And I'm like, good at what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? What <laughs> just do, right? Yeah. And so looked it up. He was like, hey, go back and look at the CrossFit Games. Googled it. Realized it was a sport. You can compete in it. I actually watched Fronty do an event at the Games or whatever. And I was like, this is super cool. And so decided, hey, I got one more year of college football, but I ain't going to the NFL and ever. And so I was like, this could be something I can compete in. I want something to compete in. And so 
that was it from there on out. So I graduated college, got a full-time job at Fort Leavenworth, continued to train at the same gym up the ward in Leavenworth. Um, so I've always been in Kansas City pretty much my whole life, well, since I graduated college. And so worked, uh, was there a CrossFit doing there? And then I was there for, I think I did it for two years, then I uh, qualified for regionals first year. And then went to regionals 2013, and then 2014, I went back to regionals, and then went to the CrossFit Games 2014, 2015, 2016. So by that point, yeah. how long had you been CrossFitting? How many years? Like a year and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you come from like a professional athlete perspective, professional athlete, when you come from a collegiate athlete, there are a lot of, th there are some gaps, but like you fill a lot of gaps in. Um, and so like, yeah, I didn't know how to do gymnastics. Right. But I knew how to be athletic, yeah, and I yeah. could, like, learn something, learn body control. Now, would it have been better if I was a gymnast? Sure. Like, a football player doesn't mean you're good at everything. Yeah. You're a short sprint athlete. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was always a guy in the team that enjoyed the fitness and practice more than I enjoyed the games. And so I enjoyed the, the two-a-days, the constant of working out. And so, to me, it was you're like— You're the guy that everybody hates on the yeah, team because yeah. you're yeah. like, let's go, guys. Let's go, boys. Yeah. But I was like, this sport is made for first. me, man. Yeah. Like, I was like— And then I saw them throw a ball that one year at the games. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to do that. You're like, like, not that. Not, not that. athletic stuff. Yeah. Just only the fitness stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. So, uh, you know, I guess— I, I, for me, what's crazy is, you know, if you if you were able to go to the CrossFit Games within a year and a half of, uh, of starting to do CrossFit, that is, uh, did you have a big um, capacity before you started uh, actually working on CrossFit? Like, were you doing endurance stuff before then, or were you just doing football conditioning? <laughs> Mostly football conditioning. I've always been a slow twitch muscle fiber guy, and so fast twitch for me, meaning I was never going to snatch or head squat 400 pounds ever. Uh, was always an issue for me. So slow twitch was always my jam. And so I didn't really have to learn endurance. For me, it was, hey, how do I walk on my hands? How do I do gymnastics? And how do I just have a tank to, to <clears throat> keep doing these things? You know, because when it comes down to it, if you have an endurance background, now the concept is, how do I become efficient at movements that I can depend on my endurance? Because mm -hmm. if I tell you, hey, we're going to be doing, um, you know, three muscle-ups and 20 air squats for 20 minutes. Well, if you're not good at gymnastics and efficiency, it's not an endurance workout. It's a muscle-up workout. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. so it kind of comes down to how do I become more efficient at movements? And so that's, that's my pretty much my only focus. In those movements, though, like from somebody who does not done CrossFit for a long time, I did like Jeff two, does CrossFit. We, we bring him into a little bit. I did two different six-month stints a of it. A little bit. But I would tell you, like, um, you know, when you're going from these these movements that you're not used to, for example, you said you've always been a slow twitch guy. Slow, slow twitch guy. Do you have more endurance in those aspects of movements that you're not familiar with too? Or is it like a total warm-up process for that? So it's like if I can't do, for example, walking on your hands, like are you more winded doing that than versus doing like long sprints? Does that make sense? Uh, if it's not a movement that your body's used to, does your body actually like – do you wear down faster? In certain movements because what? Because it's different to you. It's in the sense of like you didn't know how to do those things well. So is it like are you – gassed really hard on things that you're not used to doing on, on an everyday basis. I think I understand your question, but I yeah. think it just comes down to efficiency, right? So like if you're efficient in your movements, at some point you will become gassed. But if I am not efficient and I am using and compensating in other areas, sure. I will burn out faster and I, you know, because so, I'm not efficient. So it's just more or less like a longer process for you to learn what is an efficient movement. Yeah. Those first it's, first it's like, yeah. well, how do I teach you how to do muscle up? And then it's like, well, how do I teach you how to string a muscle up? No, you for, do one, now do two. Mm -hmm. And then how do I teach you how to do five? And then how do I teach you now to be able to do five every minute? And then how do I teach you now to do five every 30 seconds? And then that's just it. Sufficiency Did your mathematics background at all think help your athletic background? I think um, everything you learn in college is pretty much a waste. <laughs> um, uh, I think what college teaches you how to think. 
Um, I don't think, you know, unless you're learning a specific skill, medical right. profession right. is a prime example, taking the bar of the prime example, you know, does the class I took in taking differential equations like, cal- you know, calculus or chaos theory help now? No. Yeah. But does it teach you how to think outside the box? Absolutely. We, we got degrees as well. And it was more, it was very much like, a, well, this taught us how to finish what we started. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You it's know, good. Like, I don't think, I mean, I don't have kids. But I think in the future, I say this now, someone's going to pull this up 10 years from now and be like, you're a liar. Um, but like, uh, I think when the t- time comes to have children and people having children now, whatever, like I'm not going to force my kid to go to college. I'd be like, hey man, how about I teach you how to invest better? How, do, how about I go out and buy a rental, give you one of my rentals and teach you how to run a business? Like mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. You want to work for yourself. Yeah, I, totally. mean, I think we all, all do that now. We all agree with ourselves well, now. College yeah. degrees now are becoming a very bad investment for the most part. <laughs> hey, what is it? The only loan yeah. you can ever get rid of or whatever yeah, it is? It's yeah. just terrible. So uh, back to your CrossFit Games um, career. When you were, you know, heavy into going to the CrossFit Games every year, and that was basically your only focus, um, give people who might not do CrossFit an idea of what that life looks like. Because I don't think anybody really understands how much training is involved. The level of sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, it's a professional athlete. Like, I mean, I am not an NFL player, but it is the similar concept. You wait, you 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 wake, you live, you breathe. That's what you do. That mm-hmm. that's your life. Like everything revolves around that. Um, <clears throat> sacrifices in life, you know. <clears throat> hey, I'm not going on vacation. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I gotta stay home and, and get this done because I'm in season or I'm out of season or whatever the case. It's just a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at um, f- five to six hours a day in a gym. But the fact of the matter is. Just because I'm spending five, six hours in the gym doesn't mean I'm not doing something outside the gym that's also important. Going to bed early. What am I eating? What am I doing throughout the day? How am I recovering the day? The five to six hours in the gym is the work you're putting in, but you also got work outside the gym you're doing too. Everything sure. has to be intentional, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So if you're doing, um, you know, in 2000, was it 2018 that you got uh, DQ'd for? Hands, I didn't get DQ'd. It was a handstand push-up stand was not well thought out. Correct. Yeah. Um, but knowing everything that you go through as a professional athlete and then having a standard come down the pipe that was stupid and um, basically... Which CrossFit is like acknowledged it was stupid to this point. They, they, they got rid of it. it right? Now it's not... Well, they didn't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't put it back. Right. I guess my question That's, is, is how do you how do you get over that? How do you come over that adversity? Because you came back and c- continued to compete after that. Well, it was that. Your, best, your best finish ever the next, the next year, correct? Yeah, yeah, so good stories from that. In my past life, guys, I was a I was a stand-up comedian. I'm a great storyteller. So, um, yes, yeah, so 2018, handstand push-up standard happened. And um, 2017, I didn't go to the games either because I had bursitis in my knee, couldn't squat. Um, you know, I've never, thankfully, never had an, an acute, serious injury in CrossFit. Um, but things do happen. Body gets beat up. You're doing, you know, you're doing thousands of squats in a month. Something's going to happen. And I got bursitis in my knee, flared up, couldn't squat. Open shows up. They were squatting in it. I'm like, I'm out. I can't squat. Um, so 2017, I'm out. Trained all year for it. 2018 pops up. They have a standard that was not very well thought out. Um, attempted it. Wasn't able to. Decided I had two courses of action to attempt. I could either just kind of like you know, um, for lack of better terms, like fudge the numbers to a degree, like, you know, "Eh, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to change something up. I'm just going to turn this video in. And people absolutely did that. I was about to say, probably a lot of people people did that. that. (laughs) Uh, But I decided, you know what? This is stupid, stinking standard. Um, From a mathematical perspective, it's like they said, solve this equation. Uh, We have two variables. What the crap? How am I supposed to solve that? What's the other variable? And so there's none of givens. And so, um, 
I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the workout to the best of my ability, turn the score and see what happens. What well, was a crappy score? And uh, only score I probably have ever beat you in the open. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I was like, you probably beat me by a lot. It was like the best part is someone actually like a year ago, someone posted a photo of like them like right in front of me on the leaderboard. Like of that workout. It was like ten thousand nine hundred and sixty eight. Someone's like, beat Jacob oh, Hutton. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's pretty funny. You're like, I'm gonna tag that motherfucker and go take, do that workout. Hey, you again. gotta take it while you I'm can, dude. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame that guy. Yeah, Good yeah. for him. Yeah. And so um it, you know, it was adversity, right? But I decided this is the road I'm taking. Um and uh I'm gonna stick to it. Um, they never bought that standard back. Thankfully, I'm sure there are people that decided, you know, people would say, oh, you're a martyr for that. Yeah, I don't give a crap. I'm not going to freaking bend to that. And uh, it never came back, thankfully. Um, the next year in 2019, they brought handstand pushups back. And this time, there was no standard for that. It was strict handstand. Just a push- box. <laughs> it, was just a, it was just a box. They brought back the stupid box. Every two years, they changed it, I feel like. Yeah. And I swore to myself, I'm like, I'm going to win this stinking workout because I'm going to let, because they're going to be like, oh, well, Jacob complained last year because they didn't like that. They yeah. complained about it. I'm like, I'm going to win this workout just to shove it in their faces and be like, oh, remember that standard last year that you were stupid? Well, how about I win this one? So did the workout. Think of the course of a weekend. I did it seven times because I was like, I'm going to destroy it. And I got better every time. So I'm like, I'm going to keep doing it until I have the best score in the world. And um, turned in uh, uh, a score that I believe was second place in the world and first place got dinged on like i don't even remember like they didn't count their box step it didn't really matter something like that so then i'm first in the world and i'm thinking <laughs> you're gonna announce it and, yeah, yeah. and so they were watching my video and i have to post the video i'll have to show you guys later but it was like it was a handstand walk at the end of the workout and you had to get your hand across the tape and you had to literally slow the video down to like quarter speed to see that I didn't my feet hit the ground before my hand touched the ground on one rep and they're like hey it's a 10 second penalty so he takes third place oh, and so they gave no. it to somebody different now I was like they were looking at that <laughs> hard <laughs> yeah. someone's Anything there like make sure he yeah. doesn't win this <laughs> so that was the workout that was 50 strict handstand push it was it was a 200 foot overhead walking lung single arm yep. 50 box, box step ups with a dumbbell 50 strict handstand push ups and a 200 foot handstand walk yeah. greatest workout they ever programmed yeah. what, a, what a baller workout yeah, a good workout when they program that are you not like are those the ones where you're like hell yes like I'm gonna dominate this well, I saw it and also I was like I want redemption it was yeah. like this is the movement I want to redeem myself and I was like I can win this I feel like the workout last week was like one of your workouts probably too don't you like long chippers like yeah, that yeah it was a fun one yeah I, mean, I, I did super fairly long. I think it was like a hundredth in the world yeah I mean, I didn't turn a score and I Fairly just, well. yeah, I was like, I'm just going to do You're this and I'm going to do my that. own thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm a, I'm an all in or all out kind of guy. So if I sign up for the open, I want to go to the CrossFit games. Yeah. I ain't doing that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to sign up for the open. Yeah. Don't ask me. Don't <laughs> continue to ask me. I'm not doing it because uh, I'm not trying that. So it's too much time. What was that transition like for you? I'd love to talk about that because dude, it's, you know, something that's been your identity for so long. And I, it sounds like you're, you're going, you're leaning into this entrepreneurial life. And uh, are you finding, you know, the same kind of challenges and joys out of that? Yeah. So from the entrepreneurs, well, there's a couple questions you asked there. Yeah. So I'll break it apart. So um, I grew up, so I was homeschooled, prototypical nerd. And um, I didn't read the dictionary like every other homeschool kid you probably ever met. And um, I grew up, my parents kind of instilled in me well, hard work, but also like a little bit of entrepreneur side. But then, you know, again, this goes back to our education system. Um, I had to go to public school for high school to play high school sports, which I would have probably done anyways, because I would have been probably even weirder. And went to high school to play high school sports. And when you go to classes in high school and you go to college, unless you go to a specific like trade school or something specific for it, 
sometimes entrepreneurship is not like being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and doing that is not taught. They don't teach you those things, right? They don't want you to do that. No, they, they, and uh-huh. they don't care about yeah, those kind of get things. Get in line. And yeah. so you're, you're stuck, you know, you're brought up thinking, okay, well, you're going to sit at a desk your whole life, you're going to do a job, blah, 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 blah. And so that kind of gets instilled, and you kind of forget that you had that back in the day. And then around like 2018, when I wasn't going to the CrossFit Games, I decided, I, I don't even know how to even start, but I started looking into starting a company and just kind of got interested in that again. And then from there, just... Uh, kind of went because for a while I was actually working full time as a project manager, um, remote, and uh, decided to quit my job, focus on CrossFit full time in like 2019, which is funny because I I stopped competing in 20 after 2020. Um, I decided to focus on CrossFit in 2019 and just really attack the companies I had. And I'm a you know obviously I don't have kids, so I'm very risk adverse. But it was probably the best decision I ever made to be like, you know what? You're just going <laughs> to jump ship, see what happens, take a little bit of leap of faith and see, see hey, see there's sink or swim. I can either go back to it, work in a full-time job if I need to, but I'm going to go try my hand at creating something myself. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a good decision. Yeah. And how many companies do you own now? Um, or do you I have ownership in? Yeah, ownership in. Good question. S- except for the secret one, the super secret one. <laughs> actually, actually, you know, the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure I'm not on the paperwork. I think it's only my wife. Uh, <laughs> so if she leaves me, she's taking the yeah, company. Yeah, she's <laughs> taking it, dude. <laughs> we actually talked about that the other night. I was like, hey, uh, am I not on the paperwork? She's like, no. I'm like, well, is there something you want to tell me? You, know, yeah. like, <laughs> you just also renewed my life insurance. What else I was about to say, when we did our life insurance and our trust stuff, I was like, I walked out of there, out of the, the lawyer's office. I'm like, don't kill me. Like, no, but see, <laughs> you can, that's absolutely a good point. But what do you do to your wife? This is what I did. Is we, I actually did it in the office with the person showing me. They're like, yeah, Jacob's worth, you know, 1.5 dead or whatever. Uh, and I looked at him and I said, Sure, what I'm worth in five years. <laughs> he's like, let it, let it go yeah. up. She goes, well, he's worth two million. Yeah. I said, what Not about 20. ten years? <laughs> and then at some point, you know, it dips because you know, like yeah. at sixty-five, I'm like, well, if I'm sixty-five, you can kill She's me. She's like, then. there's gonna be, there's gonna be a peak. She's yeah. got to hit the diminishing peak, return. You know? yeah. Let me show you the climax of the mountain, yeah. the, top, the, the apex, and then you can off me there. Yeah. <laughs> at least let me get to six. Money's worth. It's you know? buy low, sell high, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Marry low kill high yeah. is what it really comes down to what was the uh, what was the first one though what was the first business uh, that first you, business that, that really sparked it you know? was i sold vegetables on the side of the road when i was like six Oh, you're awesome. awesome. just getting mountain growth. Hey, we're down with that. California, man. California. Dude, you had some serious competition in California. There was also there was always a joke my parents made when I was younger. Obviously, this is completely illegal. Um, but I lived in. Um, uh, most people, when you say I live in California, you think you live in like Hollywood, you live in the town. We lived in uh, San Joaquin Valley, very agriculture related. You know, we lived amongst a bunch of, I loved California. It was great parts about this, also crappy parts about it. But we lived amongst a bunch of just almond orchards and peaches and nectarines. And so it was, all, it was like living out here, except very cool. prettier orchards and actual have orchards. And so, of course, that there was always a lot of, um, we had a lot of field workers, uh, mostly uh, Mexicans. Um, and so, a lot of field workers out there. And uh, the joke was always my mom and dad would be like, hey, if you really want to make a lot of money, just go buy a bunch of alcohol for a bunch of field workers and sell on the side of the street. Oh, and I was like, dude. well, obviously it's illegal. But, like, you would have made a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, just a you know, hot day. And that thing could be said for anybody out yeah. there on a hot day. But uh, that was always a funny story. get some chiladas, you know, yeah. put them out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do miss uh, food from California because, you know, you come on 
out here in Kansas, and they're like, not good tacos. <laughs> Even close, man. Purple Burrito in uh, Springfield, Missouri, was from Cal- they were from California, and they had Cal- Cali-style burritos with, like, the French fries in them and all that. Yeah. And it was like, dude, that place blew up. The, the so best good. place to get me- in Mexican or Spanish, who we want to call it, is just like, uh, we always call them roach coaches, but we're just like um, taco trucks. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, hey, if it looks sketchy, it's going to be the best food of your life. <laughs> now, you're going to have to find a toilet in like 20 minutes, yeah. but it's going to be the best food of your yeah. life. Um, but yeah, so um, 2019, 2018, um, uh, had my hands in a lot of different companies um, from... They're all going to be related back to the fitness space. Is this affiliate-based when you were talking about hands in them, or is this equity-based? You know, uh, all equity-based. Okay. Um, and so all the companies are always related back to fitness because that's what I know. You know, I don't – other than – yeah. And so, like, online programming is an easy one that you see a lot of people do, right? And grit. So it did, yeah, grit. Yeah, grit. Um, correct. Um, uh, online nutrition. Do online nutrition. You still have that company now. Um I uh, did a tech-based company that we previously sold, and that's how I know um, who we were talking about. TJ, who you had on the podcast. Mm-hmm. TJ and Nick there. TJ and Nick, yep, yep. And so, um, gosh, there's a few more, now. I'm uh, You listed them. Trifecta in your bio. Do you have equity in that one as well? No, no, that's a company I sponsor by. Okay. Yeah, they're good people. Right. So, um, you, you, uh, you know, I think you've done a really good job. You obviously have a huge personality. I'd say you're one of the more like recognizable people in CrossFit, even though you haven't competed in the last few years. And then, um, you know, how do you think a lot of your success with uh, the businesses that you have now are um, because you did such a good job of building your personal brand over the years? And was that actually something you ever thought about? I mean, for anybody who's watching this that doesn't know, his corgi is on pants somewhere. I've seen people wearing uh, shorts that have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your dog on it. Winston's on you're pants. You're very, you're very good at like uh, branding. Pants? Yeah. Uh, you ever see the viral, shorts? You ever it's see the viral a, video he's been in? No. Oh, we were on Fox News. Really? Fox News. <laughs> uh, right before they put on Donald Trump, this is way back in the day, um, when he was president. Fox News, MTV, America's Funny Some Videos. There was a video we made with him with whipped cream. I'll show you after this. Oh, my God. But we made a video with him with whipped cream. Very short, very funny. And my wife thought it was the stupidest video ever. I was like, hey, we should make this video. It's kind of, kind of funny. And she was like, this is so stupid. And then we made this short video, and I posted it. went viral. We make about two hundred dollars a month from that from the past like five years. Really? And I'm like, yeah. Guess who's not I, funny? You. I'm <laughs> funnier. <laughs> Actually, I have a check yeah. that lets a me know that I'm funny. Oh, yeah, I'm funny. Yeah, yeah. Just like never nice give her to. any part of it. Just <clears throat> go buy something ridiculous. There's a lot of these moments so far for the two two. It's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's always so fine. When, when we're out to have kids soon, just so we stop fighting with each other. Um, but like from a branding perspective, I promise you that doesn't happen. I have three kids. Your fighting increases at that point. Yeah. So from a branding perspective um no, I probably just stumbled upon it um I was always brought up to be myself and be unapologetic myself um obviously in this day and age you're it's obviously not the and sometimes in your best interest sure. um to always say what you're saying especially because you work with companies they don't want you to sometimes do stuff like that just fine obviously I shoot guns so <laughs> that makes it hard um but you know early on I just was myself you know joked around had a good time didn't have a problem being in front of a camera. I uh, never had. And even though I was homeschooled. And um, then I kind of stumbled upon it. It was kind of like, you know what? I always kept thinking to myself, well before I decided to quit CrossFit, well before, I thought to myself, you know, I am one broken leg or the sport destroys itself somehow. I get sued. You know, Coca-Cola comes after or whatever. I am one, one bad circumstance away from losing 
what I'm doing and who I am. So how do I set myself up for success in the future? Um, and to me, that was always, well, I'm in the fitness space, so how do I create companies in the space? But also, how do I create a brand for myself, right? How do I uh, have people come along on a journey with me for fitness? And how do I become more personable and approachable so that I can set myself up from the people I'm competing with? Because, like, in the grand scheme of things, you know, people like Matt Frazier are always going to win, right? And so I was never going to win the CrossFit Games. Could have told you that. You know, I'm a realist. And, but I knew, hey, I don't need, you know, and in terms of like life in general, like if I can spend this much time, I'm not going to make that much money because I'm not going to win. So how do I make money is making a brand for myself, making myself uh, appealing to companies to, to reach out to. So in that case, you are competing with the people you are with, but it's not, it's off the field of play, mm-hmm. right? So how do I make myself more accessible, appealing, blah, 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 um, to the people I'm competing with off the field of play. And so I really did focus on that. And, um, YouTube channel, the whole nine yards, had a good time, loved every second of it, uh, and that has continued with me um, offside the sport, and now I'm broaching into other sports and doing the same concept of, hey, now I'm, I'm still in the fitness space, still have companies in there, but like now I'm broaching to the, you know, firearm space, whatever you want to call it, 2A space, and so how do I make companies just set myself for success in that sport? Because at some point, I won't have eyesight or hearing or whatever, and I will stop competing in that, and I'll do something different. Yeah. Who knows did you, uh, when you were doing that, did you ever get pushback from the people you were competing against? Because CrossFit, especially at that level, I feel like a lot of people have like zero personality. Um, and you always had a big personality. Were you ever? I mean, uh, I probably, you probably asked other people. They probably wouldn't li- I didn't like. I had never had any problems with people. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like the guys I competed with. I'm just saying you were getting more attention than other people. Him that, simply even speaking up after that 2018 debacle was like they was already telling him to shut up. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That situation. <laughs> HQ, dude. I was definitely blacklisted for a while. you call Dave Castro and be like, dude, change this, man. What are you doing? So the funny thing <laughs> is, um, and I'm good friends with Dave. I We were out in California. He's Cal- a big shooter, too. Yeah, yeah. So we were out in my wife and I two years ago. Did our honeymoon, or not honeymoon, <laughs> honeymoon, um, did a anniversary trip down Highway 1 of California, and so all Bay Area. Was that incredible, by the way? I've always wanted to do that trip, the 101. Mm, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was It was really pretty. It, I enjoyed it. I'm more of a homebody, but it was really fun. And Aromas, which is where uh, Dave's from, is right down off Highway 1. And so I went and spent a day with him shooting and hanging out with him and really enjoyed it. But the funny story was, like, in 2018, I was like, this standard's stupid. And they definitely, CrossFit HQ did not like me. Um, just fine. And, um, so in 2019, I qualified to go to the CrossFit games. I'm at the CrossFit games. And so we're all, all the athletes are sitting up in, uh, all of us, all 80, 40 males, 40 females sitting in bleachers and Castro's getting ready to announce workouts. And he stops and grabs a microphone and he goes, Hepner, come down here. So I walked in there. Everyone's like, Oh, he's in trouble. Pulls out this like uh, measuring tape out of his back pocket. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are you <laughs> measuring tape out? And he puts his, his arm out, let me measure your forearm. And I was like, oh, here we go. So he measures it and he's like, he measures my forearm, measures his forearm. And he's like, it's like the same. I'm like, dude, it's not the point. The point is like, you had to measure the whole arm compared to your, like a ratio. Yeah. Like, it's not like just one piece of it. It's again, one variable in a multivariable equation. And, uh, but yeah, since then, you know, never had any issues. Dave's a great guy. Yeah. I'm actually glad to see he's back in the sport. So I'll say he tried to be right in front of all eight of those athletes. Hey, but the microphone was not on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
put the microphone away. <laughs> so, and I mean, I'm not going to talk trash. Like, I'm. it's the first day of the CrossFit Games. I've got 13 events. I don't need him mad at me to be like, give him the worst judge ever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, but yeah. Dude, you have a, so this is like a really interesting topic for me when it comes to the business side of CrossFit. So you're in this situation where, you know, I remember the ascension of the sport and it was just incredible watching it happen. You know what I mean? When, when Reebok first signed on, mm. for example, huge deal. Um, and so was there, you know, as the business is changing, as the sport has evolved and changed a ton, you know what I mean? Since the 2010s, yep. right? What is it now? Like, where do you feel like the health is of the sport when it comes to this? Um, I guess to be more specific in my question, it's, you know, has the, had, do you feel like it's peaked or do you feel like it's just evolving into something different now? Like have, has your opportunities, for example, while you were being extremely successful year in and year out, were those, were those opportunities getting bigger and smaller by the end of it? Or is it something where it's just consistently grown? That's a good question. So first company I was sponsored by, cause I'm a, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, all the deals that were coming out, you know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, BSN was in this bodybuilding space. And when they signed rich, we were like, what is going on? Who is this fronting guy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's you not know? good at anything. He's drinking Nintendo explode before he's <laughs> doing these workouts. I don't know if that's safe, man. <laughs> You know, but um, 400 milligrams of caffeine and doing a chipper. I don't know. It. Yeah. First company I was sponsored by. But I, and I'll get to your questions. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, Fit Aid. A Fit Aid is a. We a love beverage. a good Fit Aid. Yeah, yeah. Good Fit Aid, right? <laughs> they Doesn't hit, aid fitness, they, but they delicious. Hit, they hit, yeah. I, I've told the story, and this is not a bad story on Fit Aid. This no, is just a story great. of just like, um, it's a story of um, being naive, right? Oh, and also being excited, right? Mm -hmm. And so first company, and this happens to everybody. First company I get sponsored by, they hit me up like, hey, we want to sponsor you. And at the time, you know, I'm buying Fit Aid and drinking Fit Aid. I'm like, you, know, you can go buy them like a gas, like a QT down the road, you know, sure. or a Walmart. Or that was in Walmart. I was in QTs usually. And um, they hit me up. They're like, hey, we want to send you one case of Fit Aid a month to, be, to sponsor you. You're like, yes. We'll even throw <laughs> oh, it in no, a no, mini no, fridge. No, 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 no bro. No. We were just going to negotiate. I was, <laughs> me and my wife talked and we're like, we should ask for two. Two cases. <laughs> so we email back. We email back. How about two cases of it? Yeah. Within like three minutes. Deal. Sure. We were so stoked. And yeah. then it was about an hour later. We're like, maybe we should ask for more. We should <laughs> got three. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Winston needs some fucking. A fridge, yeah. man. Yeah. And so. Yeah, you um, should have had him throw in the Fit Aid fridge, man. Yeah. yeah. Usually, yeah, for boxes. <laughs> I think they actually sent one anyways. Yeah. But there's actually, the funny thing is, um, I think they still sell them. I should probably like, in the contract, they probably had photography in perpetuity, which I probably should have relooked at that contract. But. There are definitely fittings of me, fittings of me, posters of me from Fit Aid that are plastered across CrossFit Fit and they still sell them. Yeah. So you can actually go buy Jacob Hepner posters of me drinking a Fit Aid. It is the most seductive photo. Oh, wow. It is in most male and or female. Um, we might have to hang one in our studio. Yeah. So, so the saying. best part is yeah. when I transferred over to Tactical Games, some people knew who I was, some people didn't. Because um, if you're not from CrossFit, you don't know. He's just like mm. some random guy shows up. And really good at fitness, can't shoot. And uh, then when they realized who I was, because one of them like owned a gym, but it wasn't a CrossFit gym, I think, and had Fit Aid in his gym. And Fit Aid sometimes will just send you a poster, right? And so bro has this poster show up and he's like, isn't this Jacob? Like, why is he on this poster and then he realized who I was and so he told everybody and then like multiple guys in the sport bought them out of posters someone <laughs> went out and like bought 50 potions just to put them up in his gym as a joke yeah. and so anyways but yeah so like in terms of like sponsorship and the growth of sport you know I don't know how you like a multifaceted company like that company like that I'm not sure how you measure success of the company I feel like 
you know, from the personal opinion, biased. I think I think I have fond memories of like 2014. Carson to me was like the best location for the CrossFit, like right. the tennis stadium, because like, you know, from a male perspective, unless you played a female playing a, a high school football, like Friday Night Lights will always oh, yeah. have a, a place in your heart, and you will always dream of football every now and again when you go to sleep, and um, and so being able to compete under Friday Night Lights. Lights under Friday on Friday under lights in the tennis stadium for CrossFit was the dopest thing ever. Dude. Sure, the Coliseum is, is sick. Yeah, the Coliseum is sick, but like outside California lights, it's pretty sick. And so, like to me, 2014 through like 2016, uh, or maybe even 2012, 2016 was like the growth of the sport. Like if you got in during that, like you could make and it could make a name for yourself and compete. That was to me is like the epitome of the sport. I think this, the sport is still growing. I think it's still going great. Um, but to me, I feel like that's when you had like an exponential curve and maybe you still have a linear growth right now, but it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. We're seeing, I mean, like you just kept, you know, as, as you watch any business trend start to trend, you start to recognize when people are joining in the space that maybe they shouldn't have, and you're going to know that they're going to eventually, someone's going to, you know, weed out here. Right. I mean, whether it be like, uh, you know, frozen yogurt by the ounce or it be CrossFit, I'm saying like, there's just, there's a time where this is going to go diminishing return. Right. Yeah. And uh, whenever they started, like, you know, Grid League, um, yeah, when they started, like... Uh, Yo, you know, what did they do in that? Some of the not, movements not, they Nike, have in Grid League, I'm well, like, oh. Dude, when Reebok made the deal, it was so sweet, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, Nike's making the Metcons, and, like, you're just, dude, like, when's it, when's it going to peak? We have no idea. It just keeps going. Yeah, I, I still think it's going. I, I, I don't think it's stagnated itself. I mean, everything's stagnated in 2020. Let's get real with ourselves, unless you had Stock and Johnson and Johnson. And so, <laughs> like, um, I think it's still growing. I just think... To me, and you could probably ask anybody this, and maybe they will agree, maybe they won't agree. I mean, you get—I probably ask like guys like Justin Medeiros who are competing now that this is his heyday. This, but this is like it's growing now because yeah, yeah. he wasn't back then doing it in 2014. It's a sweet 20, spot for yeah. him, but and so for me, it was always like that was the coolest part of the games. Do you have any? I feel uh, like do you it, have the insight on the growth though. That's what I'm wondering. Is like because I'm just an outside looking in. I've always been in fitness and in the, in the industry and see what's trending, whatever. But it's like uh, I love what it's doing now. Like I like some of the changes they've made. Uh, of course, watching what's happening in Carson with that was really, really cool for me to watch. I think it's reached maturation. I think, it, I think it's makes a mature point where it's now a, a steady state growth. It's not going to be like, pew, like it's just it, staying there. It also, uh, from an outside looking in, I feel like once they changed up the open regionals, the way that you qualified for the games, it kind of made it confusing made to it where lame. it's like, uh, yeah. what the hell's going on here? It's way more fun. Be like, I, the, the old school, like open regionals games made yeah. sense to me. Now it's like, I don't know if it's a money play or what, but now it's own, own open quarterfinals, semifinals games. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, a couple girls that were on our that were on a team that went last year for, uh, to what to, to the games as a team, mm. and they had like a, a crazy story about how they didn't ma- they almost didn't make it over what was the actual issue, Kyle? You know, what was the actual problem? <laughs> they they were they were training in the same gym together, but I guess you have to record all your training or something like what, that. What gym was this in Kansas? City? Yeah, mm-hmm. this was uh, Camo. Yep. Oh yeah, 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 Toya, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toy um, Toya trains uh, at MC. Yeah, um, but she was training with the camo people, so she was going to camo to train. And I guess because she was a trainer or a coach at MC, they were like, "You have to record all your stuff yeah, and they, submit it." The more they rules they make, the more difficult it makes. It's just like make it. <laughs> it used to be when it was like super teams, where it was like you can go do whatever you want. That makes it easy. Just make it open ended. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want like want like want to check everybody, just makes it more difficult if you have like more rule sets. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but, but yeah, I think that around that time it became very much like uh, the the cool thing about CrossFit was like somebody could come in like you um, and, you know, a year and a half of competing at it. And if you're good enough, you can go to the games right away, you know, which is not common in any other sport, really, you know. Um, and once they stopped doing that or it became more confusing, it became less um I think I mean, less, less appealing skyrocketed too. Right. I mean, like the, the competition went up, which amazing that you continue to ascend, even though a bunch more people are jumping into the sport. Right. Where's uh? so you're doing tactical games now <clears throat> is tactical games in the 2010 era of CrossFit right now. Everything I do in my life usually is a calculated decision. Uh-huh. Uh, and so the way I look at this sport uh, the tactical games. One, I love it. So I, um, 2020, COVID happened. CrossFit was like, the CrossFit still had the games. It was like five people. Right. Super like long, drawn out season of like, are you going to have it? Are you not going to have it? And to me, it was just like, you know, I think I've lost a, lost a passion for this sport. I think I can go do something different in my time. And uh, <clears throat> grew up, like we talked about kind of earlier before we started recording, is like I grew up shooting, as most of us did, you know, Dad gave us a BB gun and we shot pigeons forever or whatever the case may be, you know, and uh, or hummingbirds and mom got mad at you. And so I was like, hey, I actually compete in this. It's like fitness and shooting. Like I'm good at fitness. Like and I, I know how to shoot. <laughs> That's not the same thing. And so um, decided to get, try my hand at it. Kind of fell, went to my first event and fell in love with the community and quickly realized like it's very grassroots. And it reminds me of like 2012. 11 or 2012 CrossFit. And I was like, this could go places. Um, and I was also looking for, it wasn't, it wasn't always a monetary decision, but to me it was like, this sport could go places. And I also enjoy the sport. You know, I'm not going to go try out basket weaving because I know it's going to blow up in a year. Like yeah. that ain't you my passion. passion there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't know that. You never see me weave a basket, but like, <laughs> <I'd be great laughs> <at it. laughs> so I have fat fingers, man, doing that. And so Willie fell in love with the sport and realized this could go places. And they had good people running it and good people just competing. Right. Cause I mean, People that compete at that sport are usually CrossFitters learning to shoot or LEO, mill, or just com- professional shooters that are learning to do fitness, right? And so it was a good mix of great people and uh, decided, hey, this is the sport that I'm going to be in the foreseeable future. Um, and I just also saw the opportunities in the sport because the firearm community is so far behind on marketing and a lot of concepts that I was like, I could really help out companies and make a living in this sport, whether developing companies or helping companies out and um, um, being an attache to like their marketing department. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a cool sport. When I first saw you uh, transition to doing it, I was like, what the hell is he doing? You know, like I grew up, yeah, I grew up shooting so too and I, I love going and shooting, like, but then uh, you add the component of like watching you do thrusters you know, and then go into shooting. I'm like, well, what the hell is this? Yeah, this so is let a let whole different it. deal. I'll explain <laughs> it for you. Cause like the big difference is like, we have a lot of, um, subjective movements in CrossFit, meaning did he open his hips up? I think I'm using that word, right? Did he open his hips up? Did he lock out? Like, it's always like, there's a judge to, to question your movement standards. Yeah. Right. But for tactical games, the movements we do, nothing is subjective. Nothing is left up to a judge. There is someone there counting for you, but they're not, they're pretty much saying, did you get over the yoke? Yeah, and yeah. that's a wrap. Then they're counting, which is easy. They're not judging your movement pattern or standards. And so for those of you that are watching and listening, um, let me see if I can make up a basic workout. 
it's essentially like functional fitness mixed with shooting. But imagine I took you out to a field and I'm like, we're going to do some fitness in a field, right? You know, not a gym. So what are we going to do? Well, we're probably going to have a sandbag. We might have like a drag a sled. We might run. Uh, we might like, I don't know, do stuff like that. Like uh, push a sandbag, push a sled, a yoke maybe. And so those are all kind of things. Farmer carries would be an example. Those are all things that we do in, in the sport. So like from a basic perspective, how does a, Let's make up a let's make up a stage, right? Stage is like a workout. So let's say um, <clears throat> we got a 150 pound sandbag, and let's say I have a 150 pound sandbag, and then I have like 20 yards of distance, and there's another line, and then that's where I'm going to shoot from to my targets. Okay, I have a pistol target out there, say at like 10 yards, and a rifle target at 75 yards. Okay, and there's a, a, a spot, it's a paper target. There's a spot on the paper I am trying to shoot. So there's a spot, it's binary. Did I hit, did I miss, okay? Time starts, three, two, one, beep, okay? I pick up my sandbag. Let's say I do five sandbags over shoulder. Then after my fifth sandbag over shoulder, I put the sandbag on my shoulder. I run the sandbag, I drop it, and then I shoot. Let's say I shoot five rifle, five pistol. I then clear my rifle, clear my pistol, because everything's cleared. And then I pick up my sandbag and I run it back. And then I do four, and then I run it back, shoot again run it back, do three, run it back, shoot, run back, and then I'm done. I cross the finish line, my time stops, okay? So at the end, I've shot 30 rounds over here, okay? And let's say my time when I finished was like nine minutes and 30 seconds, okay? So I finished at 9.30, and say I finished first in my heat because we run five in heat, okay? So there's four people next to me doing the same thing I'm doing. Time stops, 9.30. Um, as soon as everyone's done with the workout and the range is declared cold, they will go over. You'll make sure your rifles on the ground are cold. They should be making sure they are. Then they will go down and pull targets. And they'll pull targets. They'll take it to a scoring table, and they'll say, okay, we, how many misses do you have? Let's say out of 30 total shots, 15 rifle, 15 pistol. Let's say I miss like 10 shots total, okay? That doesn't matter how the split is. Um, they'll say, okay, well, for every miss you have is a 10-second penalty. So now I have 100 uh, okay. seconds added to 9.30. So now my time is at 9.30. Now it's like, you know, 10, 11, 10, or whatever the heck it is, okay? And so then maybe someone took 10 minutes and 30 seconds, you know? And but so I finished were, before him, but he shot better than me. Yeah. He'd win the workout. Do they ever do That's any cool. uh, second subtractions because of perfection? If you like, could you do a hit 10 out of 10 and then you like get 10 seconds off? No, no, no there's no bonuses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's only based upon what did you get? And then you have time added. I mean, you could te you could technically no time add. You could you could clear it. And, and the problem is like you're playing a game, right? So it's a CrossFit is a sport where I am going to go as hard as I possibly can. Pacing coming to and endurance comes into it, and also strategy. But I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can for the given movement I am doing in an effort to finish first. Easy. It's an easy sport. Okay, the sport we are competing in. I'm competing in now. The question that resides is. How fast can I go knowing that I need to shoot a certain percentage? Because here's the question. Let's say I want to shoot 100% because you're like, you want to shoot a perfect game, right? Mm -hmm. How slow do I have to go? I have to make sure my heart rate is freaking low to be able to do that, right? Because I'm going to a firing line. My heart rate's freaking 180. I ain't hitting jack freaking diddly, mm -hmm. right? So I need to make sure my heart rate's low. So if I go slow in the workout, I shoot perfectly. Well, what if you go a little bit faster and maybe drop a couple shots? You'll beat me. Yeah. Okay, well, what's the opposite? What if I go freaking ham on the fitness and then go <laughs> don't hit jack diddly over there? I've still lost the workout. Mm -hmm. So the goal is like you approach every workout in a certain way and say, okay, well, what should I do for this, for this stage? So usually my goal is I want to shoot 85% and I want to work out at 
Like, so, and your eighty five is is way more advanced than most people's eighty five. But someone else's, yeah, correct. And eighty five percent accuracy is a given for everybody because we're shooting the same amount of shots. But correct. So the goal is always. I need to be able to shoot 85%. So how hard can I do, how, how hard can I go from the fitness to be able to accomplish that? And then, you know, that comes down to how well am I at shooting, blah, 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 blah. How, how can I control my heart rate? That kind of stuff. Does you working along, working out alongside others in the CrossFit games versus the tactical games, does that differ at all as far as like your own mindset? Yeah, yeah it does. Because uh, in CrossFit, like we talked about, what's the goal? Finish, Finish first. first. Finish first. What's the goal here? Just to th- shoot well and have good fitness. The first, sometimes that we don't usually, know who wins finish first until we get we get the sheets. And out. usually, the yeah. first guy that finishes isn't the, guy, isn't who the guy who wins. Right. Yeah. So the first competition I went to, I was competing next to. He's a friend of mine now. Um, he actually owns the sport um, now. Um, but the guy I was competing next to him is Jared Halbert, and uh, I had never met him. I talked a lot of trash on Instagram to him before I came because I love talking trash, good natured trash. To clarify, and it's always out of respect. It's always like. out of respect. Always out of respect, but always like. You know, it's not like bad trash. It's like, oh, I heard you bob for apples in the toilet or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. stupid, you know, like like recess jokes. Mm-hmm. And so showed up, and it's the first event I'm going to be shooting next to him. And if we're, you know, if we're going to do a fitness competition, right, and I know that maybe you aren't good at um, endurance, you're not good at lowering your heart rate, and we're going to row, I'm probably going to start out hot, to see if you want to keep up with me and bait then let you. you and then bait you into it and then slow down. I'm gonna I'm gonna spike it and then slow down in an effort to make you spike it, but you can't recover and then I win. That happens across it all the time. He did the same thing to me in this in that sport. So I showed up, <laughs> the, not from the fitness side, from the shooting side. So I show up and it was like sandbags or something. I don't even remember. What, this fitness doesn't matter in that in that, from that workout. So this, I did a bunch of fitness. Get the firing line. Get the firing line at the same time. Right, bro gets there before me and waits for me okay so i'm already like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i get he, he gets there he lets flowing. me get a couple shots off you know and then he just lets a couple rip so if i'm shooting a cadence if my cadence says bam bam for pistol bam you know something like that kind of metronomy he's doing bam 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 so and, and i'm next to him so i can hear his cadence i can see him mm-hmm. and i'm like crap man like I need to shoot faster. So what do I do? Shoot faster. What do I do? Miss, miss everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I get baited into this thing. I miss so many. We get done. You love those mind games. Though, oh, yeah. Dude. So, That's so awesome. The nice part yeah. is uh, if you're not like a collegiate or have been a professional athlete, you might never have noticed that. But as soon as I got done, I realized what had happened. And he's I, like, gotcha. he, he wasn't going to say anything because yeah, he wasn't going to bring it up. You know, yeah. he's planning on probably doing it the rest of the weekend. You know, yeah. I, walked, I walked up to Jared and I go, man. <laughs> Smooth, bro. I know exactly <laughs> what you did. Yeah. And so from here on did out, did he we, play stupid or did he own up? Oh to no, it? he know he knows. Yeah. He owned up. He knew he he, he was actually the first owns a CrossFit gym, it. so yeah. he knew who I was. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he knew it. And so we we now always make the joke because I've done the same thing to other people now. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's a, a tactic you Just can t- use. T- take his little move and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. let me apply it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's awesome. That's fun, man. So. uh you also, you know, when you when you basically got done with CrossFit at the same time as when you started training with a ridiculously talented at the time. Not true. Oh, it's she, not. She's been since she was nine years old. You're a liar, Kyle. Jesus Christ. So I guess the first time sure. I noticed you yeah, training correct, with her, yeah. maybe she was like 14 or something. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. time you was she. Yeah. Um, she's from Shawnee. Um, Your father shops with us. 
Oh yeah, Desi. Yeah, you see him all the time. Luke her dad's actually, Luke dad actually helps hey, him all the time. Right? What? Luke, Luke right here works at her Shawnee location, and he helps him, hey, helps him all the time. Did you bring some stuff for Russ? Oh, this is a crap podcast, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Luke, this, you're fired for the hundredth time. Yeah. Hey, Russ Kersetter wants a hundred percent off discount. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, we, I was going to an affiliate in Baser, Cooper Command CrossFit, and um, the Kersetters were from that's her family, Kersetters, yeah. and they're from Shawnee, and they were going to a different affiliate, um, but and so they started coming to our affiliate and. Olivia has two other sisters, okay? One of them did not do CrossFit. It's the older one. The middle one did. Her name's Ellie. Ellie's like three years older than Olivia. And so Ellie had qualified three or four years older. It doesn't matter. My math is bad. Ellie had qualified to go to like Wadapalooza or the CrossFit Games. I think it was the CrossFit Games. And as a teenager in the age group division. And so she came up to me in the gym. She didn't. It was probably her dad. You know, she's like 14, so she ain't doing that. And he was like, hey, can they train with you? And at the time, I did not live here. I lived um, about seven minutes north of here in the middle of nowhere, more in the middle of nowhere from here. And we lived on 10 acres, and we had a very small barn. I was like 30 by 40. The funny thing is, this rig right here was the whole length of that barn. So yeah. a lot different. I think I remember seeing videos of you training in that barn because you were it looked getting big in the videos. stronger yeah. when you were training in there. Yeah. And I think it was like 2019 yeah. or something. And so um, he was like, hey, can my Ellie come train with you? She's going to the CrossFit Games. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. That's fine. And so they were going to come out to the barn. And he was like, well, you know, <clears throat> her sister doesn't, you know, can she just tag along? She's like nine or 10. I think she's about 10. Um, she's not going to do much. She's going to be in the corner. You don't got to coach her. And I was like, that's fine. Like, as long as, long as I'm not, like, having to, like, put up with a 10-year-old, like, teach her stuff, like, that's fine. Mm. I'll just give her scaling options. And so, um, Ellie and Liv showed up, and they trained with me for many years. Ellie went to the games for three years, okay? And Olivia, in that time, was not old enough because you couldn't go to the games until you're 14, right? 14, 15. And it wasn't until she was, like, and, and, and Ellie did very well as an athlete. And then Ellie is now a, a sophomore or junior at um, Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so Olivia got much better because she was the worst in the group. She had everyone to chase, right? And she got a lot better. And it wasn't until she was probably like 12 or 13, we realized she's pretty good um, because she could have qualified like as an 11 or 12-year-old to go to the CrossFit Games with the 14-year-olds. Because she's doing the same wow. workouts. Yeah. But they won't let her from an insurance perspective because she's too young, which is fine. And so, um, yeah, so in 2014, or it's 2014, when she was 14, when she was supposed to go to the games, was 2020. So they didn't have the games because of COVID. And so her first year at the CrossFit Games was when she was 15. And so she went to the, that would have been 2021. Um, she went to the CrossFit Games and won the 14 to 15 age division. Um, she won it, not like by a lot, but she won it. And then as a 16 in the 16 to 17 year old division, she went in there and just wrecked shop um, and won the division. And so... She's now 17. And so... so she compete with the same ladies again. No, she... She can. Competing. She can. Yeah. So we had the discussion. And again, this is always up to her, right? It's not... I <clears throat> never will place my ideas and thoughts and be like, you should do this. Like, it's always like, what do you want to do? I'll Your tell you options. my opinion if you want it. If you don't want it, I don't mm -hmm. matter. I will never sell you. Um, so I kind of asked her, I said, hey, um, you know, you obviously won the 16 to 17 pretty handedly. Do you want to go back and beat them even worse? Or do you want to try a challenge and like do individual? I'm okay with either. I'm, I'm down for either. 
And <clears throat> I think she wants to go individual. Mm-hmm. And so she has done Rogue Invitational. Yeah, and right then she did, just got back from Wadapalooza a couple weeks ago. And um, luckily this year for the season of the CrossFit Games, she can make a choice. In years past, they made it where it was like you could either do age division or do individual. You couldn't do both. This year they went back on because you know they love to go back on rules and make it exciting for people, and so this year she can actually qualify as a teenager early, and she can then see if she qualifies as an individual, and then she have to accept one or the other, and so she's gonna she'll definitely go to the games, barring anything that bad happens, but she'll either go as an individual as a or as a teen. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, he coaches a girl that is. Way stronger than you, Jeff. Probably way stronger than me. <laughs> Probably way stronger than me. <laughs> I just want to clarify, right? She, uh, did she, how did she? Uh, how did she do a Wadapalooza? She got. She's gonna yell at me because I'm gonna get it wrong. She got like twelfth or thirteenth out of like forty girls. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, from the grand scheme of things, I hope you know. She comes to the barn. She's used to, when you. She's used to winning, right? Which is always the hard thing of like when you have an athlete who's used to winning, whether in her age to group division or when she goes up against Jacob at the barn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how do you explain to them when they lose, right? When they go to an event, they're used to winning, and now they're going to lose, and that's the hard part, right? Luckily, she's got a good head on her shoulders, So, and I had to sit down and kind of explain it to her like, hey, um, you're 17, and so if I was me as Jacob, if I'm going to go compete – as a 32-year-old male, or say I'm 20, 28 years old back in the day, and I have a 17-year-old boy line up to me who's pretty good, that would make me nervous. Like, this guy's only been doing CrossFit for like two years, and he's going to be better than me. I was like, think about from that perspective. Like, you have so much growth potential here, like, and these girls are have to be scared that you're showing up and this good at your age. Just think about it in two years from now. I was like, you may not win today. You may not win tomorrow. But you're coming. But you're coming. You got to put the work in for it. Took LeBron a lot of years to win a championship. Hey, so anyways, um, I'm excited for it. Um, so I coached her for a little while, and um, I actually pulled her aside like uh, three months ago, four months ago, and I said, because I'm an honest, very open person, I was like, look, I got a lot on my plate. I was like, you have a, and obviously, I'm preaching the choir, you have an obvious good future in this sport. I was like, I don't have the time to give you what you need. I was like, so let's, f- I will help you find someone that can accomplish that for you. Because for me, it's not going to be, I can't do it. I could selfishly hang on to it, but like you will do better under someone else's tutelage who can give you more time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we did some shopping. We did, uh, we did a lot of, uh, Venn diagrams, yeah. you know, <laughs> on the board and pros and cons. Pros and cons. Pros and cons, Jim, yeah. Jim. And, um, and so did a lot of pros and cons and she, um, decided to go with, um, proven, which is uh, Tia and Shane's company mm-hmm. out of Nashville. And so she's gone with them. And so she's loving that. So she's been doing their program, which has been awesome to see. And so she's been down to Nashville a few times and she will continue to go there. So I'm excited to see how she goes. She's still in the barn. She still whoops me up every night. She just has someone else training for her. And I will still be at the games cheering her on, probably crying in the back, an emotional wreck. But, you know, like... I just won't be the guy person coaching her. That's on exciting that you get to just be a fan from here on out. You know? Yeah, so the funny thing is, fun. I actually have a shirt. I have a shirt. I made it many years ago. It says, uh, big, Olivia's number one fan. I made it like a, it's a backwards t-shirt with a Sharpie. Yeah, I worked yeah. like every competition. Uh, <laughs> Iron on letters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm like, yeah. I'm not her coach. I'm just her biggest fan. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, I can continue to do that. That's fun, man. Yeah. What's the, uh, 
You like being a spectator versus a uh, athlete? A little bit less. Uh, which one's more nerve wracking? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is more enjoy. Um, I hate spectating anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you get to spend time with someone and pour into someone's life, you want to spect it. You want to be there for them. Yeah. And, um, but watching her like do muscle ups or rope climbs or, you know, something where it's like you can fail, you know, was nerve wracking. I'm like, I would feel more comfortable with me out there. Cause like, I know I can do it and I know she can do it, yeah. but it's like, also she could fail. Yeah. Right. And so that was, yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. The joke is like, I remember, um, so Frazier, Matt's coaching Mal O'Brien. And uh, so we all share the same big, like, room at the CrossFit Games. And so Matt's coaching, I believe Mal's still teen, like 18 year old. So she's, he's, or 19, whatever she is. Mal's coaching a te- or Matt's coaching a teenager. I'm coaching a teenager. Mal's in the individual category. Olivia's in the teenage category. And we're standing next to him watching some TV screen. And I looked at him and I said, <clears throat> how's the week going? And I kind of knew because I was kind of feeling the same way. He looks at me and he goes, I am a nervous wreck. I have broken down and cried more than I care to admit. And I was like, dude, I've done the same exact thing. Like, I have never cried so much. And I'm like, I don't even have a kid yet. I have never cried so much in my life over a weekend, over me, like, just whether you're in tears or joy or excitement or whatever case. Because you see, like, you get to see an athlete, like, from a 10 year or nine, 10 year old now go and accomplish her dreams. And to me, that's like, that's the dopest thing you yeah. ever get to do. Rise to the occasion, yeah, and exactly. also you know what it took to yeah, get her there. Years and years. You see her do like a movement that she struggled with for yeah. such a long time, and then she goes and kills yeah. it. It's I like, remember she handstand walked to the games this year, and uh, it was like, like it had to be like thirty feet or forty feet, whatever, like forty-four feet. You could break it if you wanted to, but she was like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm broken," and she destroyed everyone that workout. Um, but I remember vividly watching her do this and remembering the day when, because, you know, all the gym mats are four by sixes, right? Yeah. It's kind of like post, like three by five cards, right? They're all the same size. And I remember being like, when we first taught her how to handstand walk, it was like, today, <laughs> you just got to handstand walk this mat. One mat. <laughs> all you got to do is one mat. Yeah. <laughs> and it might not have even been the six inch side or yeah. six foot. It might have been the four foot side, right? But I remember vividly being there being like, let's just have you handstand walk on one or teaching her, hey, this is how you fail a handstand walk so you know how to fail and catch yourself in a bridge. So now you're not scared to flip up inverted and do a handstand walk. Yeah, yeah. And now it's handstand walk one mat. Yeah. And now it's like, now you can go out there and handstand walk and turf and do 44 foot and broken after a workout. So yeah. it's cool to see that. That is very cool. Very cool, man. Wow. So, um, I would say the, the, the big thing that, you know, we haven't talked about is your boxing career. <laughs> and, uh, I think that, that that's got to be talked about. How did that come about? Um, did you and Josh Bridges set that up on your own, or was that were you guys approached by a promoter? Yeah, good question. Um, so I was their third choice. Um, <laughs> they should have chose someone else. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we're out in Hawaii on vacation, my wife and I. And I get a, a random DM from Josh's manager, Cooper Marsh. Good guy. And he... <laughs> he has to know you know like when you get an email you, you know you can read spam in your email when it's like open this up but no sometimes it's like there's a random title that you're like I gotta open that up you know that was what he did to me it uh, was like it was like <laughs> look at it. It was opportunity like, of a lifetime <laughs> it was like it wasn't even lifetime it was like I got the most random opportunity that you're probably gonna think is stupid yeah. and I was like okay I gotta read this <laughs> yeah, I gotta read this I gotta know what this yeah. is so I call him up like immediately or pretty soon Talk on the phone. He goes, hey, man, 
So, uh, and this has been going on for a while. Josh had been boxing for like six months, and so had Castro, Dave. And there had been talk that there was going to be a boxing match between Castro and, and Castro and Josh. And um, it would have been kind of cool. And we all would have been Team Josh, of course, yeah. right? You know, like Castro beats stuff in all the workouts. I want to see someone else beat him up kind of thing. And so he calls me and he goes, hey, um, we got a couple people that had pulled out of boxing Josh. Do you want to box Josh? And I was like, well, who's like, <laughs> what does this even mean? Like, am I being paid? Like, yeah. what? I had a lot of questions. And uh, he was like, well, Dave doesn't want to do it. Um, go figure. Love, I love Dave, but I, it wasn't going to work out. And then they had another male athlete that uh, doesn't need to be named, but uh, pulled out because he was he wanted to do the CrossFit Games one more year. And I had already announced that I was pretty... Actually, I had not announced it. I was on... I decided I was not going to compete that year. This in was the 2020. This was 2020, into 2020. Yeah. So I decided I was done. Uh, and I was still determining what I was going to do. And I was looking at the tactical games. And I was like, okay, well, this could be an opportunity. <laughs> Learn how to box. No big deal, right? Um... And so I was like, okay, well, and then we figured out the payment and how that was going to work. And it was like, yeah, well, you have like seven months. And I'm like, hold on, has Josh been boxing? He's like, oh, like six months. I'm like, so you're going to have a year He's on He's going to have, yeah. yeah. Like six months on me, pretty much. He's like, yeah, but you'll be fine. And you'll and I was like, look, I'll show up. I'll get paid. Who cares? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, let me talk to my boss, me and my wife. And so I hung up the phone and I walked in our like, condo or whatever. And I was like, hey, you'll never guess what happened. Because I didn't even tell her that Cooper didn't message me that. I was like, I just got axed asked to box Josh Bridges. And she's like, <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I'm serious. And she was like, oh, you're serious? I was like, yeah. She's like, no, I don't want your face to get messed up. And I was like, this, oh, here's how much money we're going to make. <laughs> Boom. So this, is how much mo- this is how much money I'm going to make. And she's like, oh, yep, okay, you're doing she, it. And at that like, point, I, don't care about I realized how much my face was worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's all. That's <laughs> yeah. And now I have a data point on the yeah. map. And so, yeah. um, so anyways, she was like, do it. And so, and we knew that I wasn't going to be in CrossFit. So we need, I was going to have time on my hands. So I got to learn something, do something. I know I was going to do tactical games. So I was like, oh, I'll learn how to box and shoot guns in the same year. Which is, uh, so for 2021, I labeled myself as the most dangerous amateur in the world. That's what yeah. I labeled myself. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I couldn't shoot very well or box very well. But so found a coach um, uh, at a KSAC out of um, Nick Reyes' gym. Okay. So went down there and I was, it was actually kind of nice. I didn't actually box in a boxing gym. So, um, it was, I boxed in a CrossFit gym, which was very comfortable for me. And then as the time got closer to the, to the fight, I decided, well, I got to start sparring. Cause like if you have six months, seven, six, seven months to learn how to box, you don't start sparring cause yeah. you, you, we know you suck. And so it was like, I don't learn basics, right? Like what is a one? What is a two? What does even a jab mean? And am I right-handed or left-handed? Kind of crap like that. I remember showing up the first day and, uh, Michael Yabbit was my coach was like, Hey, do you think you're in shape? And I was like, he knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm in shape. He's like, you're not in this kind of shape. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then proceed just beat me <laughs> I down. <love> that. <laughs> <laughs> and I quickly realized it was like, and it had a full n- newfound respect for boxers. And, um, I mean, just holding your gloves up for that long, <laughs> different type of shoulder. Right. Workout. Right. <laughs> and so you can actually, if you go through my career, you can actually see a lot of times I had stepped outside of my comfort zone. It's one actually, I branded myself with when I would get on podcasts, I would always talk about the idea of if you look at the pyramid of fitness that Greg Glassman came up for CrossFit, the top of the pyramid was what sports specific. Boom, dude. Good for you. Yeah. 10 points Gryffindor. And so it was sport. Uh-huh. And most people confuse that. Most people think sport is what 
CrossFit Games. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, that's the top of the pyramid. Yeah. No, no, no. This is for the general, po- this is GPP, mm-hmm. general population. And so it's what the sport is meant for is to take your fitness outside of these four walls. Your use bo- it. And use it. Yeah. And most people do never, don't ever do that. They never, and it, again, clarification. Using it isn't becoming a professional sport. Using it is just going playing pickleball. Using it is just picking up groceries. Using it is doing a Spartan race every now and again. It doesn't have to be complicated. But people measure their fitness by how fast their fan is, how many unbroken pull-ups they can do, what their snatch is. Unless you're a USA, I mean, Olympic lifter, that's not a measure of fitness. A measure of fitness is taking your fitness outside the gym and putting it to use Mm -hmm. and finding out that, man... As a CrossFitter, you're not going to win anything, but you're pretty mediocre at everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, decide to, hey, <laughs> I got to put my money where my mouth is, right? Like, I said that across years of podcasts, and now I get asked the box, <laughs> better go figure it out, right? And so, had a great coach, had a, had a, a lovely time learning how to box, um, learned a crap ton, got hit in the face more times than I want to care to mention. This was a for those who, event, right? Yeah, for those who've never boxed before, I boxed for a little bit, and it felt like my head was ringing for like the entire time that I was boxing. Mm. But then again, were you were you sparring a lot and you're training up to it? No, because remember, it was seven months. So I didn't start sparring till probably like three months out. Yeah. Um, and the beginning of that three months out was like me with my coach with headgear on at like 50% speed. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you can call that sparring if you want. It doesn't really matter, you know? And so, really, um, I'm an all-in or all-out kind of guy. We talked about that either offline or offline. Online or offline. I can't remember if we said that or not. And so, I essentially, for like six months, didn't lift because there's no purpose in it, right? I had I was so muscle-bound and so tense from CrossFit because when you approach a bar in CrossFit, when you approach anything in CrossFit, you brace, you prepare yourself, you're tense. Mm-hmm. Can't do that in boxing. That'd and be so loose. I have to be loose. Yeah. And um, I'm not a good dancer, so I'm not going to be good at boxing. And so um, didn't lift, put a boxing bag up in the gym, actually hung right there um, on that rig right there. Had a, and, and then I would come in here, and instead of working out with everyone, I would box. I would, come, I would be boxing in the morning, and I would box at night because I thought to myself, guys got six months on me. I only got six months, so I got to double it essentially in the six months I've been given. I got a quick question that, that's really important in this because you're, you know, you're talking about the money on the front end, right? So it's like, what do you do? You make more for winning? Uh, no, the money was in the back end. The money wasn't in the front. The money was after. I meant like they negotiated in the front end. So you oh, knew. check. Okay, but it was also percentage. There was nothing for winning. Was a percentage of pay per view? Yeah, so it was percentage of pay per view. It was percentage of pay per view. It was flat rate plus percentage of pay per view. Sure. The card. The reason I agreed to it was because who was on the card? Hapthor. Hapthor and, and Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall. Yeah. And then Eddie Hall ripped his, his bicep and pulled out and they had to fight later. So they pulled somebody random in. It was um arm wrestler from Canada. Yeah. Super great guy. I don't know who he is. Anyways, but um, started sparring, went down to the first time I ever stepped into a boxing ring was like a month out. <laughs> it's kind of important to step into a yeah. boxing ring. Heads up, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> it's kind of important. And so... Went to, um, uh, I believe it's called Casey Powell. It's the Police Athletic League. Mm-hmm. It's um, right before you cross over to go into downtown. It's a big church. Um, you, you can actually see it from the road on 670. Went in there. It was a great cultural, and I wouldn't say cultural experience, but it was a good boxing ring experience. When you go into a CrossFit gym, like people are accepting of you, right? When you go to a boxing gym to box other people, it's like, 
this is, which is awesome. This is their crew. This is their gym. And this guy who walks in, like, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. Everyone wants to beat you up, right? <laughs> Everyone. And also yeah, because I, can't I look a lot different because I'm, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't look like a boxer, is, is for lack of better terms. And so uh, we show up, got a boxing ring, and they were like, hey, we're going to put you in this ring. We're just going to cycle people out. And so it was like, it was two-minute rounds, and they were like, hey, every two minutes, you're going to have a two-minute round with a guy, two-minute round with a, a guy, and then we're going to do six rounds total, which every two rounds will be a different guy who's fresh. And so they just pick some random guys out of the crowd, and these guys walloped on me. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is, one of them was a 14-year-old kid who just beat dude, the snot out of me, dude. this is the same experience I had with boxing. <laughs> What's up with boxing gyms doing that but, to people? And then, but it was the greatest experience. I mean, the kid that beat me up, he couldn't speak English. They were just speaking Spanish to each How other. Are you doing? What did this even happen? I don't even know what happened. I don't even know this. <laughs> When did you do this? It's like a child. I was in high school. <laughs> so an eight-year-old beat you but up? Either, either way, I was like 220 at the time. Like I was like a big kid, and I just got whooped. Oh, yeah. You get whooped. And yeah. so um, sparred a bunch, went back there almost every other week. Um, at some point, it got a lot better pretty quick, and they put me in a ring with an instructor. The instructor beat the living tar out of me um, and uh, got my bell rung, got freaking laid out quite a few times. And... Uh, then uh, the event was moved. It was supposed to be in Florida. They moved. It to, no, it was supposed to be in Vegas. Then they moved it to Florida, and they were like, they couldn't do it in Florida because of like we were we were amateurs getting paid. They couldn't do that le- legally, right. and so they moved it to stinking Dubai. And so we got. I've never been. Yeah, to, that's a little far from Kansas. I've never been to Dubai. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've traveled the world, been many many places, never been to Dubai. Even though the Dubai Fitness Championships is always there. So we're going to Dubai to go box, right? And. Um, Overall, it was um, the greatest, I would say it was the greatest learning experience of my life. The whole thing, but mainly the actual event. Because CrossFit was like, it had fitness in it. If I yeah. step out into a ring, like, if you think about it, like, I showed up and had a couple competitions I did, regionals I did, where there's nothing expected of me. Now, I am stepping out after six months into a ring that's televised to thousands of people, and I have six months of experience. Like, I'm going to be a total joke, yeah. and I'm, I might get the crap beat out of me. Yeah. No one in CrossFit is hitting me when I'm doing Fran. Like, no one's striking me. And so, went there. Um, the best part is, like, Josh and I are, uh, have been friends for a while. Um, not, I wouldn't say, like, we text each other, but, like, we know of each other. We've been acquaintances. We've competed with each other for many, many years. And um, the best part is, like, the people we all brought with us. We were there for a whole week in Dubai at a, at a hotel, at a nice resort. And um, everyone that's with us would, like, when we weren't training, we were not training at the same time, but when, when neither of us was training, they would go off and do sightsee. So there were multiple circumstances, multiple times that we'd be having dinner together, like just us at a table of, for two. <laughs> and so one time the fight promoter walks in. It's and like, what's going on? And I'm pouring him water. <laughs> and the fight promoter walks in and goes, like, curses us out. What are you guys doing? Like, I have a lot of money on this. And you guys just, are you guys actually going to fight? You guys are going to hang out and yeah, be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play pitter-patter yeah. out there. And I'm like, no, no. When the time comes, we'll definitely fight. Like, I'm uh, going to kick his ass, I swear. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so we went out there and it was so fun. It was a great experience. Like, we went out there and we watched all the fights leading into it. And, like, next to each other. Yeah. And watched the fights. And then, you know, split at some point. Went and warmed up. And then went out there and... and and had a good time. And there were multiple, I will have memories for the, the rest of my life. But like, there was one time, we all knew that I had a longer arms. I was I was the bigger athlete. I lost like, probably like 15 pounds to do this. We didn't have to meet weight, but it made sense from a sportsmanship perspective not to show up and be 200 pounds. Because he's like 160. And so, 
we all know I have longer arms since I'm, thanks Dave, Castro on forearms. And we're going to do the jab. I'm going to jab. Jab a lot. I'm throw a lot of ones. And um, so we all knew that if I'm going to throw a lot of jabs, he's going to throw an overhand right to counter a jab. And so we had practiced it, but you know, nothing to practice. You can prepare for it. And so I went out there. It's a, this is the first time I've ever sparred without headgear. It's out there. So oh, I, no had, <laughs> I had never been hit in the face yeah. before stepping out in that ring. Like, well, hit in the face without headgear on. Headgear is very protective. Yeah. Get out there. <laughs> we start boxing, man. And he hits me with an overhand right. And it's a solid. It's not like a brush. It's a solid land overhand right. And I stumble, stumble back, step back, whatever the case may be. And I start laughing. Because it was just the whole gravity of the situation. Yeah. Like, I am How boxing. am I here? I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I'm boxing in Dubai. This is Josh Bridges. I've, yeah. like, in 2016 in Carson, we were both on Nike. We were both uh, sponsored by Nike. And we roomed together. And, like, if you had told me in 2016 that we're going to box in Dubai in four years, I'd have been on like, pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are we doing? bite me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I just start laughing, and he stops and just has this big old crappy grin on his face. And I'm like, I stop, I go, bro, that was a solid hit, dude. <laughs> and, then, and then we top gloves start doing it, but we had a freaking blast. You know, the whole goal was... You know, it can be, any sport can be dangerous. That's obviously a sport that has a little bit more <laughs> dangerous to it because we're hitting each other. And, you know, one fight probably not going to happen, you know, but it could. And so it was it was a good experience where, hey, no one got injured. We all had a good time. We had a, we had a blast. We got done. And uh, uh, so we, we we definitely went out and had a couple beers that night. I don't, I don't drink um, and I don't drink beer for sure. And so I, he ordered me some like fruity drink and we sat there and we just, we just laughed till like two in the morning yeah. about it. So it was a good experience. That's though. awesome, dude. And we got to know for the, for the listeners who won that fight. Uh, myself. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In a form of a TKO, a knockout with. with nope. Uh, no, no knockout. Scorecard. Yeah. Scorecard. Yeah. I don't even know how they, I don't even know how score even works, bro. <laughs> I showed up and I had to actually look at Boxing my. Boxing is kind of confusing. Oh, I, I had to look at my uh, coach and be like, dude, who's winning? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, like, I, I didn't know how to count punches and crap like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not counting them yeah. for sure. Have you heard of a guy named Cam F. Awesome? No. So he's a boxer out of Kansas City, and he's like he's won the Olympic trials a handful of times. And, uh, you know, he's been on our podcast. He's a super awesome dude. But he talked about how he got into boxing. He said it was like, oh, once I found out, like, how the scoring was, he's like, I just – you know, oh, he's a de- he yeah. was like, you know, uh, he was a defensive boxer. So, you know, like uh, I did Floyd, one tap Floyd Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Like, I'd tap you and then I'd keep dancing around so you couldn't hit me. Yeah. And he was just like, I was just better conditioned than everybody else. I know you're a homebody, but was Dubai pretty cool? Like the city of Dubai? Yeah, it reminded me. I mean, for like a better choice, it reminded me of Vegas. Like yeah. definitely a cool experience. Um, I probably would not go back. Like just a vacation. Like, mm-hmm. to be clarify, I've never went back to anywhere just a vacation. It's always been like, I'm going to go there. I'll never probably come back again. Unless it was like, I've never done that before. Anyways, but uh, the craziest thing to me was the wealth distribution. Oh, yeah. The cops have like uh, Lambos there. Well, the wealth distribution in terms of like geographical, like, like just the disparity between this is poverty next to a Lamborghini dealership mm-hmm. or right this is poverty next to a chic. Like to me, it was just to clarify. It's not, that's not specific to Dubai. Mm-hmm. That is specific. That is everywhere. We have it here in Kansas city too. Right. But Maybe like, not that pronounced. So not that to that ratio is yeah. the thing. And that to me was the craziest thing I've ever seen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think that even existed in Dubai in that sense. You know, I thought that was... I thought everybody was rich in Dubai. Yeah, it looks like everybody yeah. is. Yeah, like I, everything's just futuristic looking. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a really cool place. I mean, it's super dope. But um, you got to figure, like, you definitely have people that have to do the jobs that no one else wants to do. And those people live in town, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, or unfortunately. And so the wealth distribution to me was absolutely crazy. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I know. Whenever, whenever I travel places, I just look at it as like, a, well, what if I lived here? You know, what would this be like? What would this look like? I'm not thinking about like these sites and all this. I'm thinking like, this is wild that this yeah. is even a real thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like living here is very different. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Yeah, but yeah. Overall, best experience of my life. Man, dude, that's a that's a hard one to follow up with. I was gonna say, just, well, yeah. I mean, the the question that we always ask at the end of every podcast. By the way, thank you for doing this, man. You've been an awesome guest, awesome to talk to. Really cool hearing your experiences, you know, and all the different things you've done. But the last question that we always ask every podcast yes. guest. I have put oh. I put five worms in my mouth at oh one time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I, have, I Indeed. wish I, had, I was trying to think. I was that trying was to think question. of a terrible question <laughs> <laughs> that you just said yes to. So you're a Kansas City guy. You said you've lived in Kansas City your your whole adult life. Yeah. Southern Missouri and Kansas City, yeah, area. Oh uh, yeah, lived in Can- I've lived in Kansas City. Because I got Saint, a really good, Saint, I got a good Saint follow Joseph, up. But yeah. Saint Joseph to Kansas City. Yeah. Like I lived in that area since I was. Since I was, wow. Uh, since probably 2012. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 10 plus. So you got, a good, you got a good understanding of Kansas City. And Kansas City is known for their barbecue. What uh-huh. is your favorite always, Kansas City barbecue? Every time someone comes in, we always go to Oklahoma Joe's uh, gas station. Okay. All right. You like the Z-Man. Yeah, I like the, the Z-Man, Z-Man rocket. You know, I'm you, a rocket pig you, guy. You, get yeah. the, you know, Guys are rookies. You get, the, you get the rocket pig and the Z-Man, yeah. and you get like a usually a half pound of turkey to go with it. Yeah. But I always, every time people come in, that's where I take them. I mean, have you had slaps, which is actually not that bad? I've heard here. it's really, really good. So good. We yeah. actually had a really good barbecue place in Leavenworth called All Slabbed Up. Ooh, sounds Sh- great. It yeah. got shut down. Um, I don't know why, but and I mainly like it because they served everything in bulk, so it was great. Um, but I have not been to slaps. Wait. Slaps Which good. stands for Wait. squeal like a pig, by the way. Oh, wow. Good, well, we have name. a place in the Legends area, just down the road. Isn't uh-huh. that called uh, oh, j- the Jousting Pig? Oh, Jousting Pig. Have you been there? It's a good one, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one's good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the, like we talked about earlier, like the whole Roach Coach thing. I like the ambiance of like, this is kind of a hole in the wall. This is a gas station. You're standing in line. You eat your food. You sit down. You don't have to wait on a table. There's no waiters. Yeah, you need slaps then, dude. Yeah. The fries is the shit there, too. Slaps is <laughs> just like that. But Casey Joe's Rocket Pig, dude. No one gives him enough credit. What that was your awesome. follow-up? What was your follow-up? Oh, Springfield, Missouri. Where's the best cashew chicken? <laughs> 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 you know, the funny thing is, you throw my, reference my, in there, fam- yeah. my family yeah. still makes joke like that. Like, okay. Yeah, it didn't come out of Springfield, Missouri, man. But it did. Oh, Canton Inn, dude. I'm sorry, Springfield, Missouri. Canton Inn, Chinese Chef. <laughs> There's like more ethnic restaurants in Springfield, Missouri than anywhere else per square mile. There's like a Jeff spent an obscene amount of his life in Springfield. It was like in the heart 12, of Springfield. Twelve like years right camp, at some point. Like right I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I'm just been around all the. Dude, there's like a corner of uh, Campbell and, and Battlefield Road where that corner there is literally like five Chinese restaurants or Indian restaurants yeah. all within vision of just that one intersection. So, yeah. If you haven't been to Springfield, Missouri, guys, don't go. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> don't go. Drive past it. Drive Keep through it. Go to Branson. Go it's right through no, it. No. Drive past yeah. Branson. Stop by, stop by Bass Pro. Give it a lap. Uh, Bass Pro is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, stop yeah, by yeah. Bass, Pro, Bass Pro. Give it a lap. Go to the original Sullivan Superstore. Say what's up. And then uh, head out. And then head to Branson to go see Dolly Parton. Absolutely. Hey, man. If, if she was there, we'd go. Country Stampede, brother. Country Stampede. It's called uh, Dixie Stampede. Dixie Stampede. But we can't call it I don't know if it's called Dixie Stampede anymore. Yeah, now it's called what? They do the North and South Pole, though, in Christmas time. That's what I've been told now. They're, I'm serious. Versus what? Well, so it used to be like Civil War, right? It's Civil uh, War reenactment uh, with a chicken dinner. You get like a whole rotisserie chicken yeah, on a yeah. plate, right? Well, now um, around the holidays, they do North and South Pole. And they have them dress up as like, you know, elves. and. Oh. Uh, I, I did. My interesting. <laughs> my, my prom was there. What? what? At Dixie Stampede? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you go? Yeah. No, no, we, uh, they didn't have silverware. I'm like, this is great, guys. Like, these poor girls have no silverware yeah. and they have dresses on. Do you got a prom funny. photo? That's handy. We don't want to put this in the podcast. We're I don't, put it on the YouTube video I, right dude, here. Dude, I'm sure if you Googled stuff, you could probably find a lot of crap on me. Dude, what, I always tell my wife this. One of these days, I'm going to run for office in something. But I'm, I'm going to have to go through. Actually, I think I'm just going to leave everything up. Be like, now nah, you know what? This is my life. Like, judge me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did hunt frogs. Who cares? <laughs> What's wrong? Yeah. I would like somebody in office that knows how to take a frog down. I don't know about a frog. Gonna <laughs> 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 have some French person who's gonna be mad now. This is just, feel like you're talking about them. We have a I, I just posted a, a picture of me uh, holding a. I, I trapped a beaver, and uh, I, I held a picture of it of me trapping the beaver, and I had like four people message me like, "Why would you do that?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I, just, I didn't think about this." But like people, final, people don't like to see dead animals. Final story. Here we go. Bought property up the road from here uh, when we first moved here. Ten acres. Has a vineyard on the property. Okay, don't ever buy a property with a vineyard. First of all, because it's a lot of manual labor. On the vineyard, this is very well cut. Is a lot of rabbits. So I had a buddy come over, and I, um, yeah, I grew up in the country shooting animals, doing whatever. And um, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna teach you how to dress a rabbit, cook a rabbit. And so I went out there, pellet gun, shot a rabbit. Um, and then as a joke, had him do the big game hunter photo with the rabbit. <laughs> and then you know this is going and then you know uh, taught him how to skin a rabbit skinned it cooked it I don't think I didn't think we have anything to cook with so we put taco seasoning on it <laughs> it wasn't as good as you rabbit is actually great. pretty good well, rabbit's pretty good uh, yeah. taco seasoning probably not the it's best an interesting. Choice. it's an interesting yeah, mixture like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know taught him how to do that ate it whatever posted it this is back I have since gotten better learning uh, yeah. the ins and outs of social media yeah especially when you have as many followers as I you I had I had Kansas City's PETA group come oh, after God. me hard, <laughs> hard, hard, right? Yeah. I I think I actually, guys, you're going to hate me for this, gave into cancel culture. I took it down after like two days. But man, they came after me like with just everything inside of them. Oh I'm God. like, guys, it's a rabbit. And I didn't shoot it and leave it there. I ate, ate the it. darn yeah. thing. Like, what yeah. do you want me to do? Yeah. It was eating my clover, okay? I need that clover. I don't know. I don't really know. I, don't I can't know. believe it's, that's a there's, real thing. There's people that I'm live like insulated lives. Like I caught, so I have a groundhog problem in my barn. It's like this. And uh, so I catch groundhogs and I take them off and I get rid of them. And sometimes a skunk comes in there. And what do you think I do if a skunk goes into my trap? I got to get rid of it. And yeah. you only have one way to get rid of yeah, a skunk. And it's like, what's the one way, Kyle? <laughs> you, you, you kill it, Jeff. You kill it with a gun. <laughs> Oh, I mean, like, but what else are you going to do? I mean, like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, and then when they're but dead, But what I'm saying is, like, a lot they, of people like, are... Do they release everything after they die? That's my other question. No, if you shoot them in the lungs or shoot them in the heart, like, you would shoot a deer, then it, mm -hmm. they'll, hmm. 
They will not spray. Have you had any problems with skunks out here? I don't know how we got down this road, no. but now we're talking about <laughs> we skunks. So we're shooting a small game. If we, if we see them, we pull in Winston immediately. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to shoot them. They don't bother me none, but it's like... If he comes up to Winston, I'm like, I don't want that dog to smell. I don't, I don't, I don't actively try and catch skunks. I actively try and catch well, groundhogs. Yeah. They just, you know? yeah, get in yeah. traps. That mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Anyways, way to end a podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you. Like, uh, tell tell everybody like, like my your, address. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys are wanting to know, no. <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, you can Google me, uh, yeah. but I'm on mostly mostly Instagram. You can Google Jacob Hepner. I also have a shooting account, which probably will be a very hard for you to find because I'm probably shadow banned all the time. Um, but There's that's just dead Hepner rabbits tra- on it. No. Yeah, it's, no, there's no rabbits on that. That's just Hepner training because uh, I had Hepner firearms, but I decided, you know what? Maybe I should change firearms out of my bio or you don't want to get buried (laughs) any more than i already was and then it's just techno training so cool awesome dude well thank you again for coming on man we appreciate it yeah noggin dude